I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Hey, Doc, we better back up. We don't have enough roads to get up to 88. Roads? Well, we're going, we don't need roads. Don't kill me, man! I'm not going to kill you. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. What's up, everybody? We're back for another edition of the Screen Kings pod. I got the uh, the two uh, regulars here, Gordon and Seth, and uh, a new uh, Screen King, Mr. Hey, Shane. Bye. How you doing, bud? Very good. How are you? Good. Buddy from work. He's talking. He plays the Elden Ring. Uh, we like all the same stuff. We're, we're becoming best bros. Mm-hmm. It's going Seth, well. It's going well. Feel? What'd you say? Seth, how does yeah. that make you feel? Fine. That's Seth currently he created a small cloth doll of Shane, and he's poking needles into it as we speak. I believe it. I believe it. Seth's getting mad jelly because a couple weeks ago, Shane, Seth asked me to go see the Batman with him, and I said, no. I don't want to see it. I don't want to mess with the theater. Mm-hmm. He's been mm-hmm. my best friend for 15 years. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He finds out today that this new guy, this new bitch, Yep. Whoops. Okay, that's good. Look, look, I just you're he shouldn't whore, He shouldn't right? bring his work wife home. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's not mm-hmm. like you got your wife and you got your work wife. James right. my Ford wife. Yes. There's plenty of them out there. That's Does not it, the first time I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Does yeah, it feel work? bad knowing that this new guy makes Tom's we- knees weak <laughs> now? I think a lot makes Tom's knees weak. That is true. <laughs> that is true. I knew Seth was going to be butthurt. But it was funny. I was telling about you guys, right? And yeah. we was talking about you, Gordon. I said, his name's Hunter. And then for some reason, we got on the name Hunter, right? It sounds fucking weird coming out of I here. I hate all Hunters. I'm just going to be honest. Wait, with you. Wait, everybody everybody hates every, Everybody hates a guy named Hunter. But then he said, yeah, I remember this one Hunter that I went to elementary school with. And he had pretty hairy arms. I said, oh. really? Oh, shit. I said, interesting. What elementary school was it, Shane? I'm pretty sure it was Carter. Carter. Gordon, oh, where did you go to elementary school, Gordon? I went to Carter. Really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Can, you, can, can you reveal your arms for the camera, Gordon? <laughs> Disgusting. You know, the funny thing is that. <laughs> It's been the same since kindergarten. <laughs> what are the chances? I've had what are the chances? This is, I mean, this is, this is, Seth, does this blow your mind? Hunter's lasting effect on like 20 people from that class is a kid with hairy yeah. arms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is your last? Hey, thing? listen, he impacted my life. You feel me? I don't remember anyone else. Yeah. What's your last name? Higdon. Shane Higdon, I remember that name. Yeah. You had an older brother, right? Younger. Younger brother. Yeah. There's a reunion here. Yes. Nash Higdon. I told you it was the same guy. (laughs) I remember. This is mind-blowing, is it not? Yeah. That's funny. (laughs) This is destiny right here. 
I've literally, I know, I've literally have been to your, I've literally been to your house before. You've been to my was, house? Did he know yeah. about it? I came over there with, uh, uh, you remember Matt? Um, Manly? Manly. Yep. <laughs> I used to hang out at his grandma's house, which he lived like right around the corner from you, you all. Man, that was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So it was How fake. You doing, man? You doing well? I was, I was still like a fucking straight A nerd back then. You guys were like dipping and like just fucking blowing cool mad kid. weed and shit. And I'm just like, what's all this about? I got to worry about my books. <laughs> yeah. No shit. Small. So that was before your stoner stage. Yeah, it was. Pre-stoner stage. I met during the stoner stage. Yes. And now you're corporate, Gordon. Yeah, I'm a corporate drone now. Yeah. yeah. Corporate Gordon reminds me of elementary Hunter. They're very he's similar. Gordon back, Pat, Pat Gordon is not, is not Gordon. He's yeah, they're all business. All business, yeah. boys. He's I wish back. I had met Hippie Hunter. Oh, man. I don't know if you could handle Hippie. That Hunter. was a phase. He man. was a mess. He was a mess. A whole mess. Eating to White Castle. When, on when he was hanging out with Matt and them, I was a mess, too. So I can't really knock him. I've always been pretty pretty straightforward. I'm a mess now. Every every <laughs> every other point in my life, tell him, Seth. Straight edge, Tommy. True. Well, well, we got some stuff on the docket today. After our little reunion, we got Elden Ring. I did see the Batman, Seth, and uh, I wanted to start it off with some of the hardest bosses in honor of Elden Ring that we've ever faced. Um, I wanted to start off with. My favorite hard boss from Bloodborne, Ludwig the Accursed. Great choice. Gordon, how many times you die on Ludwig? Be honest. Hundreds? I'll tell you what, Ludwig, tough fucking boss, but the uh, the Orphan of Cause has to be tougher. You see, I, I go forth with that because Ludwig is just so... I don't know. He, he's his. A lot of his movements are unpredictable, and he just covers. And he's got those one hits that just kill me. The orphan. I don't know. Parry him. This first stage. Once you get it, you got it. Ludwig. He still gives me trouble to this day. After I've beaten, you know, uh, Bloodborne fifty times in a row, he's just yeah. so difficult at this point. I can't even get to the orphan because I gotta go go through him. I just really didn't have that many problems with him. Like usually, maybe two to three sh- tries per run if I needed. Or maybe it's always- something about you, Dark Souls guys. that didn't have trouble with him. I just had a lot of trouble with him. For some yeah, reason. Orphan was way more unpredictable to me, and his move set is so fast, and he jumps around so much. Plus, he has some like um, ranged attacks that he does as well. So like he 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 was a little bit tougher to gauge like what he was about to do when you could actually drink your uh, your flask or not your flask but pop a pop an echo or anything like that. Was he on your list? Uh, he actually wasn't. He could be on my list though. It's tough to just go for the top four toughest ones. But yeah, I know it. He could easily be on this list, but I didn't I didn't mention him. All right, what about you, Shane? What you got? Like just one boss in general, Bloodborne specifically, or just any game? Any game. Any, any game. game. We'll switch it up. Mm. I mean, I, once you learn Ludwig, I don't think he's too bad. I mean, I feel like 
I feel like I could hop on the game right now and solo him. I don't think that's a problem. I think Cause is harder, but I still don't think he's too bad. I mean, if you want me to be real, the real hardest boss on that motherfucker. What is Winter it? Lantern. Winter Lantern. Oh, Little yeah. things. If, if, you, if you got 99 insight, good luck. Yeah. 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 You better have something. But I guess I'm going to give it in that game specifically. I guess Bloodstar Beast. I think that's the one I never really mastered. Like, I never even just, I like, I used to farm gems a lot. And, uh, you know, you got the heavy abyssal from him. It would take pretty much any weapon to, like, an S-scaling in strength. And I just never cared to farm him. He was just a headache. I didn't, you know, if I'm talking about the guy, you know, like, the tendril yeah. would come out of his head. Yeah. We're talking about the same guy. You know what I'm saying? He's not in the actual game. He's in the chalices. Oh, oh, I, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the big guy. beast in the in the actual game. He's not tough. I think you're thinking of, like, the headless beast right something, something like that it? he's a, he's in he's blood a star chal- beast he's a chalice is exclusive boss yeah blood star yeah, beast no no that's the one with like the pussy face right yeah yeah well yeah, the yeah no he's easy he's not yeah. actually yeah. he actually was probably the hardest boss for me when i first played it because once you get him he's not too bad but like if he got you with like that poison and like that grab i don't know he was one shot at me i probably died to him 30 yeah. 40 times before i mastered him Did you a lot of people the... for him they went to him before they should have yeah i think that was my problem yeah. he's he's at a point in the game to where if you go left and you get to him he's a boss that's way scaled up and you're supposed to go to all these other areas first that's why he stopped a lot of people almost including me that was almost my last boss as a I can I'm done with pull this. Pull that game. up now. It's not. You're right. It's not Bloodstar Beast. It's, it's just a yeah. behemoth of a boss, and he's always I know what the you're last talking about. boss in a chalice. It's like a big ape with no head, Basically. and he has a tendril that comes out of his neck. And I'm not even talking about the one in like the regular chalices. You know what you do for the trophy? Like this is right. the grind gems. Like he's really rough. Like he's rough <laughs> to me. He was rough. I know which one yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. 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 He gave people a lot of problems too. He's got that slam that's just, you can't get out of the way of it. No matter what you do, it seems like. Yeah. Seth. Hey, yo. You got a boss you want to throw out there? Well, you know me. My uh, my scope's a lot limited than you guys. What? Right. The only game I actually liked is Elden Ring. But, uh, I mean, hold on. Before you go any further, can we give Seth a round of applause? He completed I know it. Elden Ring. Yeah, hey. he, he did it. Falling off of every other Souls game we've tried to get him to play. But On the first it. boss. Yeah. Surprised myself. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I thought I was I thought I was getting myself into Sekiro part two. You know? No, I spent not, maybe not two close. hours on Sekiro. Not even Bloodborne. fucking close, dude. Sekiro touched burning hell for all I care. Like, <laughs> I haven't touched Bloodborne since like 2014. But do you think you may pick it back up now? Elden Ring has given me a little more confidence, maybe to try it again. But yeah. I played it for like you I know, two hours, and I died thirty six times, and I'm like, I'm done with this. Yeah. Well, like, like you, when you get past that first really hard boss, the cleric beast, Margit. I know I'm sure there's a ton of other ones for the other ones, but if you can get past that first boss and you get that victory, it's enough. Yeah. And it yeah, may keep, keep you keep playing you the rest of it. Yeah, yeah, I liked it a lot. Uh, but for me, I mean, I, I I probably fought Elden Beast 50 times before I finally beat him. So, like, I, I probably, probably pretty close. <laughs> I should have the, the final boss. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. final boss. I mean, okay. 
That because yeah, because it's a double fight, right? Because you got to go right. right into that fight back after to back. Yeah, yeah, and and what's his name? Uh, Radagon is he's not he's not an easy fight. He, he yeah. no, that's about where I'm at, man. Yeah, he's rough. Yep. And then my my mimic will get his ass kicked halfway through the fight with a uh, the Elden Beast. And your, your mimic is just a body double of you. So if he sucks, right. I mean, you fucking suck, dude. No, I, I acknowledge this. I accept this. I embrace <laughs> this. You know? Yeah. Yep. I, I told that to a buddy at work. I think I, I had built it up that it was going to be a different last boss. Millennial was going to be the last boss. That's what I thought the game was. So I was like going through this boss like, oh, this is nothing. This is a little appetizer. And I'm about to fight the real boss after this. And But then the game was over. I was like, what the hell is going on? So maybe I, my expectations kept me calm and focused, and that's why I was able to take down the Elden. I didn't die the first time. Now yeah, I died once. Two and three. I don't know what happened. He got a lot tougher. I was like, "This is insane, dude!" My he third playthrough, he he butt fucked me a couple times. Yeah, he, he just keeps his distance so good. Yeah, and he's got all of these one hit magic attacks. And it's just and like I, this is annoying. I was swinging this you know, 30 pound sword. So I'm not getting very many hits on him between his movements, you know? Yeah. He's already gone by that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's tough boss. Like I said, uh, I I had a lot easier time with bosses. I had trouble with my first playthrough and he was harder on other playthroughs. I don't know how it worked out like that, but did. Mm -hmm. Um, I did want to have a shout out to God of War, a game with, Mostly easy bosses, but there was one, and it was a secret boss in the newest God of War. The Valkyries themselves were tough enemies. You run into a Valkyrie, it is going to be a fight, but, you know, it was doable. You know, they might kill you a couple times before you finally get one over on them. But then it just seemed like there was an insane gap of, you know, difficulty between the queen of the Valkyries, Seagrin. She was a demon. It's such a big leap. You got cra- you got to use every single thing in Kratos's, uh, you know, utility belt to beat her. You got to have time everything perfect. You got to dodge out of the way of all her attacks. You got to hit her with all your special moves in a row in a, a specific sequence, or you're not going to take her down. That was She's the first get real. That was the first real skill check in that game for me. It like, was that, that. That's what also might have made it hard because you're not even. Like everything else is, is semi-casual, and then you get yeah. to this one, and you're like, "This is a souls fight." Yeah, I, I, you don't see this kind of fight in this type of game. You had That's to another, be perfect. Ready. Yeah, you had to be perfect in that fight. Perfect. You had it to have everything timed perfectly. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, the thought but, uh, occurred to me. I can't remember the name, but uh, Ninja Gaiden Black. Oh, it was yeah. a hard oh, yeah. game. Yeah, and in particular, I, I don't remember her name. It's been so many years since I played it, but some pink lady, it's like a pink <laughs> demon thing. Mm-hmm. I wish I remember her name. She was incredibly difficult. I yeah, died a lot. Those a games lot. are not some of the hardest. I've never played them. I think I played a demo on the original Xbox, and that was the last time I played one of those. But yeah, they're notoriously difficulty. I've got a I've got a couple of classics in here, Tom on uh difficult bosses all right what about ornstein and smoke 
The original gank, wasn't it? The original gank fight. Yeah, you got it. That was that was one I bashed my head against quite a few times. Yeah. First time yeah. I fought them. You yeah. know what? They stayed hard. I beat them at level one. Yeah. Yeah, you you can you can get them, but like you got to be real careful, and there's a little bit of luck involved just to try and separate them and keep them apart. But right. and the worst part is if you kill one, the other one just gets stronger. So right, you gotta be careful about which one you kill because one of them is exponentially harder than the other when it comes to the second part of the fight. Orange yeah. is much harder than smoke. Yeah, they they had a fight like that in Elden Ring, the new one, the Godskin duo. Oh, they had a I, couple think it, I think it ramps it up way tougher because the big fat guy is just as fast as not faster as the other asshole. And he's, he's aggressive. Yeah. Very are trying to run from both of them. And they both have ranged, you know, uh, ball blast attacks. Yep. So you like, you can't, and uh, you, the only thing you really can do is maybe try to hide behind pillars, but then all of a sudden they get destroyed. So and, and then they can still throw stuff at you. That that Godskin duo was just ridiculous. I'll tell you, you, you kill one, the other one pops back up. Yep. You know. Well, they just keep they keep recycling until they yeah. run out of health bar, basically. Yeah. So you're always fighting both of them. I'll tell you, my two hardest bosses from Elden Ring for me. The first one is Melania. I haven't fought her yet. Every single hit she lands, whether it lands or you block it, it still heals her every time. Right. How much? You every have to be perfect time. on that game, on that one, or you have to gank her with your mimic tier. Yeah. Um, and then the hardest fight, but one of the most rewarding fights in the game was completing the first NPC's quest that you come across in um, Lyrnia. Um uh, what's his face? I can't remember his name, but he basically gets you involved in the PP PVP stuff and gives you the, the blood fingers and all that stuff. But if you complete his quest, it gives you a little crest and it allows you to um, fast travel to the blood lake area and you fight the real Moog, the omen killer. Yeah. And he is a fucking fight. Yeah. he don't. Um, I think you said you made it to that area, right? Yeah, yeah, I went all through that area. He was with the mimic tear; it wasn't too bad. But I've seen some stuff, man. I mean, his blood buildup—you yeah. you have to be chugging those child, uh, the uh, flask, or you're gonna die quickly. Well, there's—I mean, there's it's one move, like three blood losses in a row. Yeah, there's doesn't say there's one move that he does where you can't dodge it; it's undodgeable. But he yeah. basically just like rings a bell, and it just it's like up in the air, third of your health out a third of your health out, a third of your health out, like all right in a row. And you have to be ready to just chug that shit before it happens. And he's trying to hit you at the same time. And he hits like a truck and he's got other blood everywhere that uh, well, leads to blood loss. Yeah. He sprays blood and fire all over the arena. So half the time, like there was plenty of times where I, uh, I got him down to like for a visceral shot, but I couldn't get to him because there the was so much loss. fire and blood in front of me. I would die if I made it try to get over there. Yeah, yeah. For me, I didn't have too much trouble with him because I went to him. You know, I'd already beat the game, was super over leveled, and I was like cleaning up. And mm -hmm. he was one of the bosses I went to last, so I didn't. I beat him on the first try. I didn't have much trouble with him, but oh man, he took me. Oh. If he was leveled up, I could see him really giving me some trouble with all that bullshit he's throwing around everywhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, 
Uh, Shane, did you want to hit us with another one? Trying to think. I'm trying to, like, recollect back to the old games I used to play. Some of them old games. But, I mean, I can't really say a boss, but Halo 2 Legendary keeps coming to mind. I beat that solo, and that was terrible. That's a feat. really hard. Any of the Halos on Legendary, it just got ridiculous. Like, this guy's supposed to be a super soldier, and he's dying by, like, getting kicked in the ankle by a grunt. It's just (laughs) terrible. But it was something to put on your mantle if you finally did pull it off and beat one of them on Legendary. That was for true masochists. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, Cuphead. There was a couple in Cuphead that were ridiculous. Shane, did you ever play it? No. And I keep getting mixed up what that is. I keep thinking that's that dude in the pot with the hammer climbing shit. That's not what we're talking about, is it? No, it's kind of like it looks like an old cartoon, like from like the, the 30s or 40s. And you're playing as these little cup guys, and it's basically just bullet hell. You know, you, you see, you get hit once and you die, and there's all this crap coming at you at the same time. And I just hit my head against the wall. I mean, any of the bosses on that game are tough, but there's this scientist in particular that uh, I must have died. If I had to give an honest guess, probably over 300 times to this one boss. And over at the end, the game will tell you how many times you died. I've died over 7,000 times on that game. So that tells you how horrendously difficult it is. Yeah. It's it's pretty, it's pretty rough. Yeah. It's, it's a rough one, but Tom hates himself. If you, I do. I say, I'm going to, I see people online do it. I know, I know it can be done. So I'm going to do it. And that, that, that's all there is to it when it comes to a lot of them. (laughs) But once it's done though, uh, yeah, you know, that endorphin rush is pretty immaculate. That's the whole yeah. point in putting ourselves through this crap. Yeah, or just the, the relief is just, yep. there's nothing else like it. <laughs> I plan on trying to do a level one run of Elden Ring. I don't know how far I'm going to get, but I'm planning on trying. And any no spirits, right? I'm not going to promise that. We will see. <laughs> I got to beat the game first to see, but. Right, right. Dark Souls 1 was the only one I did at level 1. I wanted to do Bloodborne at level 4. That's the lowest you could be, but I guess I got intimidated (laughs) by it. I have beaten the main game practically at level 43. That is about the lowest I've done it. That's pretty low, yeah. I'm usually around 80 by the Uh, time I beat it. Ibritus or Ebertas. I got Orphan left. I have beat, and I did this all solo. I did beat everyone else solo that's rough and i'm stuck in the chalices i didn't really get to a point no i didn't really get stuck i just knew it was going to get incredibly hard at this point and i just dreaded it and i had already had like hundreds of hours invested so i just like i'm going to take a break and i never went back yeah i've done that a couple times just bow out two hours that that defiled chalice is a whore yeah yeah Yeah, i got a boss from that on my list that's where i'm at and i was just like i don't Oh, that's a good hard boss. I died to the watchdog a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the watch, the watchdog rough. is ridiculous, but yeah, even even more boss. for me, it was the amygdala afterwards. Yep. If you can it, master just, him, he's not too bad. Yeah, you I have mean, to master him though. It, it, it's one you can have him mastered. You can have him mastered really great, and still because you your hits don't do anything; they barely register. And on top of that, I mean, you you got to be perfect for 20 minutes if you're going to beat this guy. Nothing. 
you, you can't get hit. You know, it's a one hit, maybe two hit kill. You know, three, three if you got a probably 60 seconds or less. Yeah, you, you can't. I mean, if you got a certain certain type of weapons, it makes it a lot easier the scythe. But still, even the strongest weapons aren't going to take him down super quick. He's just got too much health. Two things. Holy Blade, Simon's Bow Blade. Yeah. Headshots all day. You can beat him in 60 seconds. Only scary part is the final, you know, the final move set when he rips the arms off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, at that point, I just kind of cheese him. I just get next to his, like, right or left hand and just smack at it. I don't worry. That's what you got to do. And he, like I said, even that, it takes. Massive, it's not yeah. worth it. You got to be close to him. And you just got to know how to dodge roll his jump because that'll one-shot yeah. you. But I farmed this guy a lot, probably hundreds of times. Like, I'm a nerd, too. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a fucking nerd. <laughs> that, that scythe reaches up there and we'll get some great hits on him too if you can do if you can pull that off but it's just the the perfection you got to have to beat a boss like that it, it most people don't have it in them i remember once i finally did beat him one time i thought i might have a heart attack my heart was beating so fast the adrenaline was pumping so hard because i was finally getting to the end of that giant health bar finally there and pulled it off it was it was scary stuff <laughs> Yeah. Hey, did you have any trouble with any of the other ones, or uh, do you have a different game, or what's the deal here? Uh, I'd probably go back to Elden Ring. Obviously, um, I thought Radon was pretty tough. Star Scorch. Mm-hmm. Yep. It took me a long time. I ended up just basically reviving my teammates, letting them fight him, and just riding around on my own. Running away. Yeah. Died. yeah. And you've never played any other Souls games a whole lot, right, Seth? Uh, no, not with any like success. And you beat Radon. I did. Shane, you're talking a lot of shit over here. That's what I've noticed through the pot. Have you beat Radon? No, I tried like three times and I left. <laughs> I was like, I'll come back later. I'm not about this. <laughs> I'm persistent, you know. It's funny. Uh, that's the beautiful thing about Elden Ring, and I think that's what makes it a much more encouraging game to people. You know, yeah. in a Souls game, when you're at a boss. You're pretty much stuck there until he's gone. Now, yeah. linear in this game, it's like, wow, this guy's terrible. I'm going to go to this back. side of the planet and come back like five hours later or something. And yeah. I think that's, that's what I kind of like. Yep. Yeah, it, it, that's what I did. I did get to a point where I'm like, I'm leaving everybody behind. I got to I gotta beat one of these assholes where I'm going to get stuck. <laughs> that's why I told you guys I, I banged my head against Tree Sentinel when I first started the game before I went anywhere else because I just – I had too much of an ego to not beat him first. <laughs> I died a lot him too. I did kind of walk away from him a lot. He was hard. I, I even, and that's the thing when you tried to like, I like I wanted to co-op with people. I did most of the game that is on my quality build by myself at this point. Also without the little summon guys, but I did like join people to get a grasp. And the first time I started playing, that's all they wanted to do, and we were just all dying horribly to this golden horse god dude. And I just kind of <laughs> stopped playing with people. I was like, I'm tired of doing this. Yeah, yeah. It does train you for the rest of the game because he's got a bunch of incarnations. You know, there's the dark one. There's uh, two tree sentinels you fight at one point. Yep. Uh, Henrietta's a lot like the tree sentinel. You fight them twice. Lightning so it really one. trains you to be good for the yeah, rest the, of the game. Yeah, uh, the draconic tree sentinel at the end of the game is pretty tough, too. Yep. Yeah. And at yeah. that point, you're level you know, 120, and you're still getting your ass kicked. Yeah. So it was good for Gordon, who had gotten plenty of practice at that point. I noticed most of the rest of them through the game were child's play after that guy. The, the, the gang fight was annoying, but it was just 
that wasn't real difficulty. That was just yeah. Well, he waits so long to 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 you know jump in and help. I already had basically killed the first one before he even tried anything. I figured out how to cheese them. If you just run through that door that they're guarding, one of them will pop through and the other will stay back, and you can just fight that. That That's a good strategy for next time. I'll have to remember that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the only other really hard boss I remember really banging my head against the wall was Nameless King. Y'all remember him? Dark Souls 3, the sequel. Dark Souls 3. Yeah, I doubt a lot, didn't you? A lot of I these mean, bosses y'all are saying, I mean, I did die to a lot. I'm not trying to say I had. Like, once you get good <laughs> at them, you know, like you can do it's. I yeah. guess that's trying, how I'm trying to interpret it. Like what's still hard. That dragon in Dark Souls 3. I forgot its name. It, like in the final secret boss of the DLC. Yeah. I, I never got good at that boss. It's I like Madeira, like, I think. Hard boss. Something like that. Yeah, I, I never got to that boss. I got to the point where you fight like one boss in that DLC, and I said, I can't do this anymore. I said, I'm done. I'd already beaten I the ring. I enjoyed world. the uh, twin demon things. I died quite a few times with them, but yes. it wasn't frustrating. It was I think that's where I stopped. It's Dark Eater Madeir, I believe. Yeah, it is. That's a hard boss. Yeah. Yeah, some yeah. of the dragons were, were pretty tough. There was one in Dark Souls 2's first DLC that was pretty tough as well. Um, the first, uh, the sunken city, I believe, or something like that, underground city, or whatever it is. That was a pretty well, tough fu- dragon. I only fight. beat that game a couple times, so I don't got a whole lot of opinions. What'd you say? The Fume Knight was hard. I remember that. Fume Knight is hard. one of my favorite bosses of all time, actually. He's a cool fight. Yeah, I got one for you all. Okay, go ahead. Level one, though. The hardest boss, like the most rewarding boss I ever beat in a Souls game was Calamite at level one. Oh. And I probably played that boss for <laughs> 10, 15. I don't really, I it spent hours trying to beat him. And it I'll was say, probably, the, it's probably the hardest thing I've done. Even Manus was easy compared to him. Yeah. Calamite is no joke at level He's one. also the coolest dragon in all of the Souls He's games. Badass. Too. I love Calamite. Yeah. Yeah, he's a tough fight. You're right. He he's got that little red fucking thing that pops out of his eyes and will just fucking smoke you if you get caught in it. Yeah, he's a yeah. tough. I think fight. it makes you take double damage. But yeah. at level one, it pretty. I guess it mattered. So the hardest part was so he has like the swipe. What he does with his little beak. Yeah. He does it twice. Yeah. If he hits you with one, you're staggered. The second one's hit you with the other one. That's yep. pretty much what killed me every single time. Do y'all remember a boss in Dark Souls 3 DLC? It was like a big guy and he had like a pot and it was his like daughter or something. Does that ring a bell? Dark Souls 3, a pot. But I don't remember a lot about Dark Souls 3 because I didn't like it. It was in the ring world. Right. Or the painted, the painted. No, Frida was hard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what you're talking about. Frida. Yeah, Frida and her uh, father with his giant pot. That one I had some three trouble phases? with. Yeah, three phases. Was that, oh. the, was that a wolf fight? Was there a wolf in that fight? I don't think so. Not in that fight, but yes, there was a wolf boss. There was a wolf boss. Like you okay. fought. A oh guy yeah, yeah. With, uh, I know I played that DLC, but like I said, I don't really, I didn't really like that game that much, so I, I didn't remember. I'm kind of with you. I don't, and I could not learn how to parry in Dark Souls Three. I was, yeah. I was terrible at it. I it don't was know tough. Why I couldn't get good at it, and. I had yeah. a lot of hours in Dark Souls 3, but 
Yeah, it was like my least favorite too. Yeah, that's what most people say from what I heard. Um, well, uh, I did want to move on, gentlemen, unless y'all had one really spicy one you wanted to say. Nope. To the Batman. The Batman, Seth. Yes, sir. You saw it. You I said did. this game changed my lifetime. Do you want to expound on that? I do. Tell me about it. I just thought it was a different take on Batman this time. It felt like a, you know, crime movie with Batman in it. Like, I texted you. I said seven, you know? Right, yeah. It reminded me of that. Like, it just had that vibe to it. It didn't feel like... It didn't feel like a superhero movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. I I feel like Matt Reeves was definitely Echo and Seven, without a doubt, in this film. Gordon, did you pick up on it? Yeah, 100%. I feel like that if you tell me this is anything less than the Batman that you've been waiting your entire life for, then I'll be shocked. Because this is the detective noir Batman that the comics really blew up. and I love that aspect of it. Yeah, it did a lot of stuff right. Movie version that really did that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's really hasn't been this type of Batman before, um, to really actually put a lot of effort into the detective part of what Batman is all about. Yeah, Um, you know, without all the stupid like, here, let's reverse engineer this bullet out of a fingerprint off of a bullet into a wall that we're gonna shoot a bunch of times with Christian Bale, right? Stupid things like that. that you're like, all right, yeah. this is whatever. But you know, the the well, let the me care. Kind of, was that was that any less was that any less goofy than the camp than the the Google Glass uh, contacts? No, because I can. It was over. Here's the thing about the all the gadgets in the Batman. Everything felt it's in some fashion realistic or practical. Everything, even the Google Glass. Even that, yeah, of course. That's that's something I can totally see happening. I can totally see something like that happening. The whole bullet thing that like Christian Bale did, some of the shit in his was fucking goofy. Like that's not something that would ever happen. But that specifically, like the one where he's like he takes a fragment of a bullet that he I think I can't remember where he pulls it from. It was like in a wall, and then he like has them reverse engineer the bullet to create it. And then they're able to pull fingerprints off of this hypothetical bullet that I remember, I remember that. Yeah, it was a it stretch. Was it was a stretch. To be fair, yeah. I don't remember that, but the way you put it, yeah, it sounds stupid. And I really like those movies. But yeah, <laughs> right. I don't, I don't dislike them, but everything that they had in this movie, like for example, he doesn't use his cape to fly around. This motherfucker has a wingsuit. Yeah, to get I'm not gonna lie. I thought that was cool as fuck, dude. That was yeah, cool. that's fucking cool, man. dude. Like, glider, yeah, yeah. And he's yeah. and it's still year two Batman, so he's not great at being Batman yet. It looked like that fall should have killed him. One hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, he flipped but, over, flipped off of a bus, and then skid all the way down the street. That suit must be tough. Yeah, but you know every he's fight a that bomb he's bomb to the face. So yeah, it's got to be pretty yeah. damn tough. But every every fight that he gets in, he gets his ass kicked a little bit here and there. Like he ultimately, bit. you know, he ultimately takes everybody down, but he's not great at it. So he's still getting bopped yeah. around a little bit. Um, 
the the movie itself just had so many good shots in it so many cool ways of you know re reinventing what you should see and what you shouldn't see and things like that you know i just gotham look great gotham felt like a really good atmosphere was fire you know the intro to that movie was perfect where you have all these criminals committing crimes and they look into a dark alley and they're wondering if yeah. Batman is there. Like that's that fucking, perfect. that's Batman all yeah, day. That was I almost teared up a little when mm-hmm. I saw that. That was pretty great. So what did you think, um, Tom, what'd you think about Battinson, Robert Battinson? The, um, he did good. He, he was solid. Um, he's a little too small. He, he looked like he may have been about 170 pounds. That was a problem he, when they were shooting it, is he was having a hard time gaining weight for it. I mean, I, compare wow. him to Batfleck, there's no comparison. No, I agree with he you did. on that. Yeah, Bat... He needed the muscle mass, and he Affleck was... has the body build for him, for sure. Yeah, without well, a doubt. Well, even, like, he doesn't have to be necessarily huge. I'm cool with, like, a, a smaller frame Batman, but, yeah. like, mm-hmm. when he was pushing that table, like, like he almost looked flabby, you know what I'm saying? Like a guy that's climbing buildings and beating ten people's ass at the same time and all this shit. And I'm like, should be a house. Have at least definition, at least. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was, and, and he, I thought his performance did get a little better through the movie. Like at the beginning, he almost sounds like a squeaky dork. And he started and to I, change his voice. I noticed yeah, that too. His voice got a little bit deeper, a little bit tougher. Well, he's talking a little bit tougher, not being so meek. Yeah. Well, I think that was great about this movie is you, you, they purposely did that stuff, like to let him kind of evolve as the movie goes on. Cause the first big thing that pops up and they keep reusing it over and over again, they call him Mr. Vengeance or whatever, because he says that he's vengeance. But right. he turns from that like moody, angry teenager Batman into the, understanding that he needs to be the hero Batman now. So I assume the next movie we're going to get, we're not going to get as much of that moodiness from him, that angsty teen type of Batman. Was he too angsty at the beginning? Was he too angsty? Maybe. You're not my dad, Alfred. Don't you tell me what to do, Alfred. You're not my dad. (laughs) Maybe a little bit. I audibly laughed on that. Maybe a little bit. Mastering (laughs) the Bruce Wayne persona. Yeah, I appreciated the fact that they didn't waste their time going through the whole parents' death scene again, like for the hundredth time and all this other stuff. I think that they downplayed it a little bit better than I was expecting. Like, for example, they let you know everything that he was feeling when that uh, um, the senator or the mayor dies and he's just sitting there staring at his son. You can get all of that from... Like, that's where I feel like Robert Pattinson was perfect for this role and why he sh- he's underrated as an actor. He was able to give you a lot out of just staring at this kid for, like, 10 seconds. Yeah. You know, through, yeah a, was, through a cowl. He was cast pretty solid, you know. I, I feel I'll, like I'll he was kind of... How, so, how about the you know, uh, villains? When first started doing, like, the stomps with the feet, like, mm-hmm. I liked that vibe. And they kind of, you know, you could, like, hear the thud of his boots walking. And I kind of yeah. liked that, you know, like, yeah. I'm Batman and I'm hard ass coming in. But then, you know, I just feel like there was like this a lot of like submissive vibes. Like, I don't know, like, like Batman kept seeming like someone would like, like a cop would say something or whatever. And he would like look down with, like this. Sub- I just, Batman's not going to do that. I don't I like that. Like, I just feel like he kept looking too weak. I don't, I don't know. Like, he was a little too pussified. Yeah. Like, we need, 
He I, needs a little bit of a harder edge. You know, if he if the next movie he has character development, and you know he he just you know if he's they want to give it that grow into vibe, I can roll with that. Yeah. I yeah. really didn't like that passive aggressive. Put my head down, Batman. I, I didn't care for that. I, I didn't like I, that. I noticed that, but I I chalked it up once again to like this is still super young year two Batman. Like he's still figuring it out. Type yeah, let's thing. hope that's what it is. Yeah, right. um, Catwoman, mm-hmm. Zoe Kravitz. Mm-hmm. She was hot. She was fine. <laughs> She's fine in the movie. There's no way you get around it. She looked really good in a cat suit. She was a little too woke for me, but uh, she was yeah, a, was a lot. She did bring the wokeness in. Yeah. Um, but I feel like Catwoman would be like that. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that yeah, rings true to her character. She he would hates be. rich people. Right. He hates yeah, it doesn't them. matter what, like, your color. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of thought but, that uh, the, I she didn't get a whole, like, woke vibe for real, for real. But, yeah, that one, like, what did she say? Something we about a rich white man. Yeah. White white guys like come on yeah come like on. all right you you I got thought, it in there all right guys great right, yeah, let's move on right. that was one thing I like know so, yeah I, and then immediately I, I feel kisses like, the rich white guy come on right. yeah I feel right. like though that's status quo at this point and I feel like it didn't feel like the movie wanted to be that but it had to have that in there right that's at the very Hollywood least right at the very least they got it in there and then they moved on from it so i was yeah. okay. Matt Reeves is like we got you can we move on can i shoot this next shot okay right, right. kind of like the uh, all woman all power scene in avengers right they had to have it in there right. it passed right <laughs> can everybody fucking tweet and here's you the know, thing, like, uh, you know get this people... is the greatest movie of all time actually i'm not really sure a lot of people i don't want to get political or nothing but like I don't feel like comic book, you know, entrepreneurs or whatever, people that enjoy this shit, collect it, whatever, give a shit about wokeness. You know what I mean? It's like, didn't they come out with a DC, like a gay Superman? Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, who's going to go buy that? They've always done stuff like that. How many? They're always trying to appease the woke crowd. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, one of my biggest surprises in this film was how well they implemented uh, Falcone. All yeah. the other Batman movies seem to just kind of like, kind of leave him in the background. He's kind of a weak character. Batman yeah. defeats him very easily in the Christian Nolan series, but... He's always on the way out in DC stories. Yeah. And it's time but, for Penguin and Two-Face and all right. these other big names to come in, and he's the old school. Right. Falcone but, and Maroney. And he still is in this, but he's a lot bigger of a threat than than in the other movies. And I think he was perfectly cast. I really like the Jesus. Yes, I like him <laughs> a lot as an actor. And I thought he brought a really sinister vibe to that character where he felt like yeah. he never did anything crazy, really. But he felt really unpredictable as a character. Yeah. yeah. And confident. Yes. Those old school like confidence that comes from years of people kissing your ass he had right because right. yeah i mean he had the whole city in his you know th- that was the whole point of the film is them figuring out that he controlled everything he was like i think at one point they're like somebody says like do you think this mayoral uh, election really matters at all at the end of the day yeah. i'm still running this fucking place but that's that there is one thing about that though that i don't know if i if it really worked for me and story-wise is when it turned out that he was the rat, I was like, when you're the top guy, how are you ratting on yourself? Why does it 
What's the same thing from The Departed, dude? That's the same storyline from The Departed, where it turns out that Jack Nicholson is the rat. Right. He's yeah, yeah. I felt time. a little bit of that. That's one of the reasons I hated the part. I really didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was going to be Penguin. I even leaned over to Shane. I told him, I said, the rat is definitely the Penguin. This was like early in the movie. But what do you think yeah, about this? I like, thought movie. it was him. I was like, damn. Dude. Yeah, and well, that's, that's what they wanted to lead you to believe the whole time was it the Penguin. And it would also made sense story-wise because the Penguin is a smaller guy now. He wants to take over. He wants to get these guys out of the way. He'll do it by any means necessary. And and the whole thing where the, the, the DA was so terrified that he was going to be killed, for, it's because the rat is somebody super powerful. It could have been Penguin, you know, to turn right. on, you know, uh, Carmine. Yeah. It, it, instead of Carmine, like, turning on himself. It would have made more sense story-wise had it been the Penguin. I didn't, I didn't mind that that much. What, what did you think about this iteration of the Penguin? I thought he was it's awesome. Solid. He did a good job. Solid. It's yeah, he was solid. Textbook. He had the look. You like, know, that's looked, what you want. I even kind of yeah. liked the gold teeth. And, you know, I hated Jared yeah. Leto. They pulled yeah. it off really well. And I didn't like Jared Leto. Like, I thought that was awful. But right, I don't know. The scars, just he looked. Yeah, I liked you couldn't, it a lot. You, you, they did the, the prosthetics really well. You couldn't really tell it was Colin Farrell in there. He really kind of disappeared into that, that character. So, like, I bought into it pretty quick. So, do you like... Do you like this penguin or uh, Danny DeVito's penguin? Like, Tom, which 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 iteration do you like? One hundred percent. Me, I gotta go with DeVito, but it, it's too different. Well, which one is the real? Yeah, I like totally, lot, I agree. I don't think it's which one is thing. the penguin? Those though. are totally different penguins. But which yeah, one is yeah, the right can't. one? Tim Burton uh, is the Tim Burton kept pretty. I felt like he was the closest to the comics out of any of the yeah, movies. Yeah, unless I, you want to count that, uh, you know, like. You know, no, nah, I'm not gonna say that. No, I think that was the closest iteration <laughs> yeah. we got with a serious dark Batman tone, not that goofy stuff, you know, with uh, Jim Carrey and that whole cast. You know, I yeah, didn't, I, yeah didn't. I thought this one was just really grounded and realistic. That's it why was, I like yeah. it so much. And gritty. It's not over the top. You know, it was it was going for a, closer to a Nolan than say like the animated series. Yeah, we maybe were, that's why this was so sure. well received while still sticking pretty true to you know source material i think in a lot of ways yeah like so like the riddler tom is that is that the character of the riddler or is it no not? no that's there's been not no iteration of the riddler that really fits this one this is new this, this is, totally is saw yeah. this is uh john doe right yeah he needed he needed a character you want a ticking clock you you got the you got the the trope right of there's a murder in the city He's killing people, and we got to figure it out. And the Riddler does not – I mean, he kills, but it's not like he, – he avoids it. You know, he his primary thing is to make you look foolish, to make you – to bring you down. You think you're smart. I'm the smartest. That's his on first, second, and man. third. Yeah. Yep. And that's his motivation for everything. And this guy, uh, he, see, he wanted to send a message. You got a little bit of that at the end from him where when he's having that that's that talk with Batman when he gets locked up and he you know he mentions to him like oh you're really not as smart as I thought you were right and, you know yeah, you there is a little bit see of that. some pleasure come from him like saying that um but that he didn't figure out the rug thing <laughs> no no and and it I liked I liked that a lot I, I was gonna ask you all your opinion on this I liked it a lot though that he kept saying Bruce Wayne, and mm-hmm. you're thinking he knows who Batman is, and then he's like, "We got to get Bruce Wayne." 
and Batman's like, yeah. oh, thank God he doesn't know who the fuck I am. <laughs> I thought that was that yeah, was a it, cool little scene as well. You know what? I'm not I, like, I didn't even capture that. I was still like, so does he know who he is? Okay. I did I yeah. okay. I didn't really pick it I up was either. In the dark over that. Yeah. yeah same like, so what what happens in the next movie? But if I could, I want to touch I, I feel like Riddler was fairly close. Like it wasn't like I liked the whole jigsaw horror vibe. But you know, with like you know, like the rats eating the face thing. Like I feel yeah. like because the Riddler will kill you. He just wants yeah. to do it in a really clever way. Yeah. You know, it's he, like in he Batman series, he tried to kill you with the Minotaur in the maze. I got that vibe from that. But Tommy pointed this out. Tom, excuse me. Towards <laughs> the end, I kind of felt like after he was captured, the movie should have kind of just been done at that point. Like, I felt like it yeah. really fell apart at the end. It dragged on a little bit more than it needed to, for sure. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, um, like, we went from, like, clever jigsaw you want to play a game, I could see a realistic Riddler doing that to like, oh yeah, I got 500 generic Riddlers and we're just going to shoot everybody after we flood this bitch. Yeah. It's just like, I didn't, you know what I mean? It didn't feel the same. It got no, a little I generic for the final plan there. Yeah. yeah, yeah I agree with that. Be. Yeah, narratively, that's what I, and I, I, I mainly went into this thing and the narrative is going to be flawless. And that's mm-hmm. kind of why I was let down a little bit because mm-hmm. I liked a lot of the elements, the detective Batman, mm-hmm. you know, the brooding one. I you feel know, like you would cut it off after he captured him, you know, and just let him, especially now knowing about the Bruce Wayne thing, and just let that wear on him, like, oh, we're not a team, and that was the end, you know. I right. feel like you would have had a solid, perfect movie. Like, I really like that movie, but I, I got to stick with Tom. I felt – I'm not going to complain about a three-hour Batman movie that's good, you know what I mean? I don't, so right. I don't want to come off that way. I'm happy with it, but it didn't – it did, like – like I said, we went from a character. I'm like, I could see that being the Riddler to, oh, I got a, well, Arkham City. They had games. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't like. I didn't like how they did. I did. Yeah, yeah. You wanted him to be a one man show because Riddler he doesn't like to rely on other people. He he thinks you know, he thinks but, very less of anybody else. But it would also make sense for this world where they're going with more realistic tone that this Riddler takes to, basically, what's Twitter. Yeah. He, he and, tweeted some people out. Yeah, kind of creates a, an audience of his own that kind of follows him to a certain extent. So I get that why they did it, but I agree with you. I think that, that was weak. It was just a really generic and easy way out of the story that they were building there. Um, I think that was a shortcut that they definitely took in that film. Yeah, I will say this film had one of the coolest car chases that I've seen in a while. Fuck yeah, dude. That shit was awesome. Yes. The I, Batmobile, I dude. I'm in. 120%, I'm in for this fucking Batmobile. Sure. I fucking love this iteration of the Batmobile. It's not too over the top. I I, I agree. It's got some style. I like the over the top Batmobiles. It was dope. The way it was revving up, you know, for its introduction. Yeah, I really I like it. And it you could awesome. like the fucking sound on it. Like you yeah. feel the fucking engine in your and chest. You're like, starts oh, lighting dude, this up is and about shit. to be I thought amazing. That was so cool. Um, but that was a fantastic fucking chase scene in the Batman um, with some really cool shots off the bat off the the car yeah. that they did where the camera was mounted. They had some really good fucking shots in that film. Um, mm-hmm. The hallway scene in the dark where they're shooting guns at him while he's just walking up to them and taking them down. Like just I some really, good too. Yeah, really cool good fucking shots in that movie. Great. So very yeah. stylish. Um, and the, the Riddler was very unnerving mm-hmm. when uh, the, uh, what was it? The uh, DA or whatever moves and he's just standing there in the background in the dark. 
Yeah. I like the yeah, horror elements. Like, it yeah, wasn't horror, was, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I there really was some liked good horror in that film, for sure. Yeah. Um, the PG-13 movie, like, you could feel dread, for real. It was pretty dark in a couple places in there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'll tell you what, man. I've I've seen just about all the, the Batman films out there, and everybody says The Dark Knight is their favorite. And I know it might be a little bit of bias because this is the newest one, but this is my favorite Batman right now. I think this is the strongest, the universe that I would be most interested in keeping up with. I think if they keep building off of this character and this um, this Gotham that they've built around it, um, I'm pretty excited for it. Now, I don't know how I feel about this fucking Joker that's about to come out with Barry Keegan. Oh, boy. But uh, we'll see. Wish- you know, Matt Reed. Yeah. I'll give him I'll give him a little bit of leeway since he kind of crafted all of this thus far, and I'll I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But that scene was completely unnecessary. <laughs> it was burned in, and it was just basically like, here's a little taste of maybe something you guys might like. Was it was almost the like studio? they were trying to get in reaction to see should we do this? Maybe should we? Maybe not? Can we be sure it wasn't just the studio saying you have to have Joker yeah. in this film? What, what what are we here? No, man. I think they should go with some of the... Like, have you seen recently that Nick Cage came out and said, let me play Egghead? Is that right? He wants to be Egghead. He's like, I'll do a really dark and sinister Egghead for you guys if you give me the opportunity. He wants The last to- time Egghead I'm was in anything, it was the Adam West Batman. Yeah, long he was a- I don't even know who Egghead is. Yeah, he, I'm he, he's lost he's not in the comics. He was only in the Adam West... Uh, Batman series. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So bald guy looks like he has an egghead. Yeah. It's probably something that Nick Cage grew up, saw it on TV, and that's how he remembers Batman. He's kind of like if you took, uh, like Dr. No, or not Dr. What's his name? Um, yeah, Dr. No from like James Bond. Yeah. Dr. Yeah, no. And you just put him in a Batman. That's basically that character. Hmm. So, so I kind of like the idea of keeping like the smaller. You know, like, I feel like all, everyone knows, like, Batman, what do they call that? Like, the rogues gallery, is that what they say? Yeah, yeah. the rogues gallery. The whole thing's phenomenal, but, you know, there's definitely ones that have a much more immaculate, you know, persona, you know. Com- like, I'm glad we got the Riddler back. The only rendition we had was the, you know, Jim Carrey's, and that sucked, and I thought they did a good yeah. job. I want to see more you of need the- a good one ones you don't see as much yeah i think sure. that would be neat we don't need Especially a joker if it's early batman you know we don't no. got to slap joker in the second movie we really don't yeah no, i was very annoyed with that scene and i was like i was like when i heard about this i was like thank god a great batman movie with no joker yeah. please god, i've been waiting yeah. for it for a long time yeah and don't get me wrong i like barry keegan and i think that he would be a good choice to play a joker but we don't need it we don't need that. What, what is that like a solo movie? What are you talking about, man? What do you mean? Well, talking about Harvey Dent, the next one, right? What What about this? What, what has been announced on this Barry Keegan Joker? I'm out of the loop. Nothing. Nothing. That's that's who played Joker in that film. Okay. It was Barry okay. Keegan. It, it yeah, came well, out as like a spoiler that he was probably going to be showing up in the film as Joker, and of course he did. Um, okay. He's I don't a, even know who he is. Great actor. He's kind of a weirdo and he looks weird. So he would be perfect to play that role. But I don't need it. 
I don't, we can take a fucking rest on the Joker for a while. There's plenty of other good villains to dive into. I was a little bit, yeah, I was a little worried when they announced this film and they were talking about, they kept building up this list of villains that was going to be in. They're like, here's this one. Here's this one. Here's this one. I'm like, fuck, is this going to be another fucking Batman Justice League type of movie? We're just like shoehorning a bunch of characters in and trying to get as much as we can out of it. Like, but I think that they juggled it really well. I think that it was done well with the amount of characters they did put in this film. Yeah. Um, it was I liked, pretty organic. I liked the um, uh, Detective James Gordon. I thought that he was yeah. good, well cast. He, he's, good, he's a good cast for that role. I was sad that I really did want to see J.K. Simmons really pull off a of Gordon, but yeah. this guy does fit the role pretty great. Yeah. yeah I think I'll give him that. I thought Gary Oldman did a great job in the Nolan series as, as Gordon, but um, sure. you know I, I liked this one a lot. I think he's very organic for the the. You know yeah, what? They I would up. go as far as say yeah, like the one in this Batman, uh, it's better than the Nolan series. Like I like the Nolan yeah. series. Don't get me wrong, but like I yeah. feel like he fits the role. Like I, I, I could see that. What's he's pretty solid? What's our consensus on Alfred's? Uh, good. I like Al. I like uh, this guy as Alfred. Um, also, you're talking about um, uh, Andy uh, Turkish. Turkish, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's that old school British. He's he's tough. You know, Alfred is a former Marine. Yeah, he's former SAS, I think, right? Yeah, he he he. Yeah, he was Secret Service in the British yeah. Army. So I kind so, of that's what I was looking for with this Alfred, not the meek like you know Harry uh, or uh, yeah. what's his name, Kane one version of it. Yeah. This one, you kind of got that feeling like he knew how to handle himself back in the right. day. You know, he yeah. kind of played that a little bit. Yeah, um, he's got the instincts for a fight if he needs right, it. Right, right. But he was he was basically abused by Batman the entire fucking movie. He was. He was. Batman's he's like, so he's in the hospital. Batman's like, why the fuck did you lie to me? He's like, <laughs> <laughs> I just took a fucking bomb for you. What are you talking about? Dude? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. So, but I, yeah, I like this Alfred a lot. I think it's been the strongest one that we've seen. Um, yeah. I think it was a good choice and the, the character was developed well. You know, yeah. we didn't get a lot of them, but, you know, he's, he's helping Batman solve some of the stuff. He's kind of involved in his life. You know, he's getting kind of pushed away by Batman in a, in a certain extent. So yeah, I thought I it was done like well, that, man. How he was trying to decipher the uh, the riddle or whatever. I, mm-hmm. I, I did think yeah, he was, was helping with the detective work. Yeah. yeah. But I am indifferent still. I'm not going to say he's my favorite yet, but like we need more movies. He has potential. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. here or there. I'm glad he's there. Right. Is he my favorite? I don't know yet. But, but I like what's happening. The thing most innate to Alfred's character in any iteration of Batman is his fierce loyalty to the Waynes. And right. we really get to see that on display in this one. Exactly. Yep. He comes, he comes in to bat for Thomas Wayne. And I'll say with this film too, I really liked this. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Cause you're, you're more of a Batman nerd than I am. Um, I liked the journaling kind of obsessive Batman that you got to see in this one. I like the idea that he's like narrating a little bit like those old school detective noirs, you know, yeah. it, it, it yeah. had a good feel to it. And I like that. That's the type of Batman we're getting. I like that obsessive Batman that doesn't know where to stop. Plus I love the idea that Batman is not comfortable as Bruce Wayne. And you can really feel that in this film. 
He does yeah. not feel comfortable walking around in Bruce Wayne's skin. I will say a lot of the detective work was on point. That one, however, I don't know. In most iterations, the animated series, he's able to turn it off. Yeah. He's a professional actor. He goes out of Batman. He's like, I got to be Bruce Wayne for this. I got to keep up appearances. This is what is best for Gotham. But what I I'm won't saying let my moody broodiness get in the way. It's consistent with the to- this movie because it's still early Batman. He doesn't know how to do that yet. He has yeah. to figure that out. I feel like. Yeah, that, that's a big that's a big part of his character being that that I do love. I mean, it was you know right off the page of the comic when Paul Dano Riddler is telling him, "I know your real face. It's this one, not Bruce Wayne." That was textbook but i do feel he should they should they should have contrasted it a little more and showed that he's that that's a big part of it is being the willingness to go out and 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 be the the party animal that is you know the play i agree with that i just felt like he was just batman without a mask i felt like yeah. bale did a good job on that love him or hate him like you just felt like he was just yeah. a rich pimp you know he just, he yeah they did that girls around and... him all the time he was partying. And that's, yeah I, that's... I, I liked bale a lot i ain't gonna lie to you that's the difference between them though is what i'm saying is bale is like how many years into being batman at that point right he's he's I mean, he's played that for a long time he's had an opportunity to, to start to kind of get the feel of mixing the two together this batman is still very young in his career of batman he doesn't know how to do that yet He's still young and brooding and doesn't know, understand that. And that was part of the role of the, uh, that lady that was running for mayor and that she's like kind of telling him like, Hey, you're fucking Bruce Wayne. Like go out and do some shit. You're fucking Bruce At least Wayne. Get your hair up. Right. So, and that was kind of like a realization for him. And that's why, even though it was too long, the ending part was there to show you like, okay, I get it now that I'm more of the hero guy. I yeah. need to play that role rather than vengeance all the time. You know what? Okay, yeah. I agree with you now. Like at first I was kind of feeling like like not in a bad way, but you know, I was like, okay, maybe like he's I felt like it was like saying that was like a cop out. But you know what? You're right. Like you're right. She did say like what are you doing? I guess it just if we see it more in the second movie. Yeah, I'll agree with you. you the, second, the second movie will determine if that is correct or not. Yes. But that's yeah. the feeling I got from the message that she was portraying it's to him. Great base. How he kind of evolved a little bit. This whole movie is a great base. They they got some solid stuff to work with. It's a good ass movie. Like, it's not bad. Like, I, I, I think he needs a new cow, though. The mirrors look stupid. So I thought his nose was a little weird, too, how wide they made it. I didn't you know mind that. I, I like like what he said. Okay, it's 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 starter Batman. Yeah. I'll give him that. I'll give him that. I don't know though. Like it's it's all right. Let's let's get on board this. The second yeah. movie. Yeah. Let's see this all. You know the maturity yeah. of being right. the duality of who he is and fix that so, trash ass mess. Matt Matt Reeves is well known for reinventing and revitalizing series. That's what he's done his entire life. I have no doubt that he could do that with this. I think they have the right guy in there. Now, don't get me wrong. You and I, Tom, we both are in agreement. We would have loved to seen the Ben Affleck movie. I think it would have been amazing. Yeah, I think his portrayal of Batman is still maybe maybe the best, except for the killing. Right. <laughs> so Batman, Batman, I still like that Batman. The unhinged, like, fuck everything Batman. I like that. He's I terrifying. It's not in character, but terrifying. I like that idea. He's there to scare, you know, villains think about him in their sleep, you know. I'm, t- I'm telling and you, I Tom, got that from them. 
every time I think I still think about that scene where he like crawls across the wall when the cops find yeah. him in that little house. And I'm like, dude, that's Almost subhuman. That is like yeah. creature like Batman. And I'm all for it. A monster. Mm hmm. Yeah. Even even yeah. the victims are scared of Batman. Like, right. We're talking about Batman, correct? Yeah. Right. Sorry. Right. I haven't watched any of those movies. Just, you just need to watch. You're not missing it. a lot. Yeah. Just watch the action scene, Batman in the warehouse, and Batman versus Superman. That is, oh, I can watch I that scene. That. So is Batman time. versus Superman the whole movie worth watching? No. No, just. <laughs> all right. This is why I didn't want to see it. I've gotten um, that a lot. I'm all for Nightmare Batman, too. Nightmare Batman yeah. is pretty dope. Yeah. J just watch the fight scenes. You know him and Superman. That's, that's that's a pretty fun one too. I like that one. It's a good fight. It's not a bad yeah. fight. It just ends on a stupid fucking note. <laughs> it's it just a dumb does, yeah. conclusion to that anticlimactic yeah. part of that. But the fight yeah, itself is cool. It makes sense. Batman just outwits Superman, and that's fully within his character to be able to do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. If you got time tonight, Shane, just huh? watch. Just, just if you got time tonight, just uh, Google. Batman v Superman, the warehouse scene, and just watch that. And you, you tell me. We'll right. see. That's a that's oh that Batman's never been done better as far as combat. Like I will say, in this movie, he felt slow. Oh yeah, like a lot of this scene, he was, you know, he was like going through mud. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, you know, th this guy doesn't feel like he could take down a room of fifty guys. Batfleck with with ease. With ease, so yeah. that's just the different there. You know? Yeah, I mean this, I this Batman that we're seeing. What's that? I just never cared for Batflex's suit either. I just I don't know. I just didn't like they the way it looked. Or the Dark Knight Returns, which yeah. is you know yeah. comic. They it's, wanted to get it spot on, which it is. It's it's that suit, you know. Like I I they, definitely like the new suit better than than Batflex suit yeah. for sure. I will say his metal suit that he fights Superman in is pretty fucking badass. And I I like Ben Affleck's mo voice modulation that he uses on his bat suit too. Yeah, I think it it's makes him sound fine. really fucking scary, and it's really. It cool. yeah, I don't think there's been a better version of that. All the stuff you can say about Ben Affleck, he knows the character. He collected comic books as a kid. He yep. knows Batman more than anybody that's ever portrayed Batman, including this guy. Yep. I don't know about Robert Pattinson, but he never struck <laughs> me as a comic book guy. I doubt it. I doubt it. Yeah. Yeah. But, He's too busy going after the Twilight chick or whatever. Right. But I'm, I, I, I'll end with this, whatever you guys want to say as well. I, um, I like where the, this series is going now. I'm excited for the next movie. I hope that it amps it up a little bit more and we get some more of you know, the good stuff that they put into this film. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Uh, besides, I feel like you could have cut maybe up to 30 minutes out of this film and it's yeah. still be the end too really it's just the last 30 minutes of the film basically end, i mean yeah a lot of the scenes with catwoman drug on and even i know y'all love that that car scene but it it was long it was like 10 minutes it could have been about seven oh, it, no it could have been 30 minutes and i'm in for it tom i know i, I know Everything about the movie is phenomenal. They just need to just stop after they caught Riddler. I don't have nothing else to complain about, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And cut that damn Joker scene now. What were y'all thinking? <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I just laying some like groundwork, a, Tom. Come on, I've heard it's it. Be they, weird, you know, like we're talking about the most heinous villain 
in you know the whole. I gallery. don't think he should have met him yet. I yeah, think I don't think this Batman should have met. Like, what's going yet. on with that? Too soon, yeah, too soon for sure. I think maybe uh, it could have been somebody else. I don't know, but I'm like, hoping maybe for like a, a scarecrow in the next one. That's yeah, what I'd like. To uh, they're saying yeah, Harvey Dent, Tom. Is that right? Yeah, that's the rumors. You think that he would have at least had a cameo in this one or something? Yeah, I mean, maybe he'll be involved in the next one, but won't be the main. It would make yeah, more sense know, to but... see Dent than Joker. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody, yeah. That 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 really put him in a corner because now you got to do Joker. Why would you do that to yourself? And not why only would, that, why like, would you leave it open? You know, to where you you, you got multiple directions you can go, and now you got to do something with the Joker. Sorry, you shot yourself in the foot on that one. I agree. I think uh, better be fucking good. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you know, especially going with the whole noir vibe. Like I feel like they should have just. You could have done like you know the whole just a, a comedian whose life is going bad, you know, and he falls in that vat, you know, just the typical, what you is supposed to be how Joker originated. Yeah. Like, I feel like they could have pulled yeah. that in this kind of Keep environment, this kind of movie very well, but now he's just well, magically there. Yeah. And- yeah. Well, it was very clear from what you could see that Joker, this Joker iteration of Joker has a really fucked up face. Like it's he all scarred it. and weird looking. Uh, so I'm interested to see how that's going to play we'll out. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll, like I said, I'll give Matt Reeves the benefit of the doubt. The dude, he obviously knows the comics very well. Yeah. He obviously, on his research on this, he is very yeah. good at revitalizing old series and old movies. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But yes, that scene is fucking stupid. Take it out of that movie. <laughs> when you release yeah. it on DVD, take it out. Yeah. The edited version. Yeah. Yeah. The director's cut needs that. Cut. Yeah, I, I would hope that was your studio intervention. So, Seth, yes, out of ten, what's the Batman? I was gonna ask you that, Tom. Um, it's a good question. Ain't it? Yeah, because you're like the resident, you know, Batman fan. Like I like him, but you're the I'm guy. Like, I'm lingering around a seven. See, I, I, I would even higher than that. I was thinking like a eight and a half. I really okay, liked yeah. it. It was good. Yeah. I'm the guy. It's tough to read on that because I know so much about these characters and I have such an ideal of what every one of these characters should be. So that's why it's tough to please me as a fan. I'm like one of those fiends that read the book and I hate the movie, you know, because the book was so much better. You know what I mean? I'm in that. Yeah. Book. Well, that's probably why I gave it a seven. Fucking hipster, dude. What What about you, Gordon? <laughs> I'm pretty close to agreeing with Seth on this, but I'll say I'm going to give it a nine. A nine? For yeah. a three-hour movie, it had me enthralled the entire time. Like, usually I have to, like, pee in the middle of movies. I held my fucking bladder for an hour and a half. And, yeah, and he does have to pee a lot, folks. Yes. So for that to do that to me is pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah. What, what about you, Shane? What do you think? I mean, I kind of. So here's what I'll, what I'll say. Initially, if you get rid of that point, if it's just after you capture him, it's over. I'd give it pretty damn close to a 10. But I'm going to go with the seven. Oh. I just felt like it was. 
Three whole that points. Ending killed. Yeah, that wait, wait, what? Yeah. After that. The ending three whole I didn't points? Like it. Yeah, I mean, uh, like... <laughs> it was great until that point. It goes and from A to a C because of the... about <laughs> a longer yeah. Batman movie, but... Yeah, there was know. a lot of good story elements. Great this, great setups for this, great setups here. Seven and a half. And then I started to fall asleep in about the last 20 minutes. I mean, I there was a couple times I had to wake myself up. So I do you see know, what you come back to that point real quick. Tommy, like, how did you put it? You know, you, you tell us. Uh, <laughs> like, did Batman really win after that happened? Remember, you, right, right. you know. Yeah, like, I... That was another thing I thought was weird. It was like Paul Dano Riddler is like all tore up in his cell. He got defeated by the Batman. The Batman vanquished him. It's like all of the stuff he wanted to happen basically happened. Yeah. You know, the, the reservoir, yeah. you know, a bunch of people died. Yeah, he got what he wanted, right? And then he's like in his cell pound. Oh, I was bested by the bat. Oh, darn. no, that's not why he was mad. That's not why he was upset. Go ahead and explain it to you, Squid. He was upset because he thought that Batman was on his side, that he was helping him the whole time. He thought that Batman and him were one and the same. He thought that he was smart I enough to figure out his clues because all those clues were there for Batman to help him. He said, you know, you brought Carmine out to the light. I asked you to do it. And you did it. You know, he thought that Batman was on his side. And then he slowly realizes during that interview that Batman was not on his side and he is not there right. to help him whatsoever. And that's what destroyed him. Pulling people out of the rubble. Right. I see. Okay. Yeah, I didn't even pick that up. I don't well, know. I, I'll have to watch it again, man. <laughs> I see that point. I see both sides, but I think, like, how do I want to put this? Like, I feel like, yeah, like, the, the acting, you know, the boohooing was stupid still. Like, like maybe, like, you know, he still outsmarted the dude. He's like, bro, you yeah. missed it. I got seven bombs. I just, like, he fucked shit up. Like, instead of being of boohooing... Died. He should be bitter that this guy he thought was, you know, on his side wasn't. But, you know, in the end, you know, he's scheming. He's angry. He's like, I still got him. Like, he's still beneath yeah. me. You know, that's what Enigma does. Right. I'm yeah. better and than his cohorts you. shot old girl. You know, I mean, he was, he was kind of what he was what he was most upset about. Other than what I'm saying is that he thought that Batman was going to kind of help carry on his legacy while he was still in jail, like while he was still in Arkham. The Batman was there to carry on everything that he was doing for him. Um, like he was almost like trying to recruit him in a way. Like and the then Joker made it okay by laughing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I still stick around 7, 7.5. I, I do need to watch it a couple times. Oh. I could see me appreciating it more. Yeah, I was going to say, Tom, maybe you guys are low on it because y'all yeah. just saw it, you know? Yeah. You and I had such a high it. bar for it. Everybody yeah. was saying it's the best film ever made, right? So I, I still that. think Dark Knight beats it. I do too. Because that ending sucked. I'm sorry. I'm actually if I if I had to rank it in Batman films, it's Dark Knight, 1989, Tim Burton. Right. Ooh, that is good. 1992, Tim Burton. Then maybe this one. Really, it's 1992, Tim Burton. I love yeah, the, I don't Penguin, the Penguin Kevin. movie that high. It's good, but it's I love that. Tom, I think the, it's just childhood nostalgia, that's nostalgia man. Nostalgia, oh. there, it might be. Well, that's and the image quality—that's nostalgia. Yeah, it has. It's not a good movie. You don't like the Penguin? I don't like that film. I think it's weak. It's I close. It's close. Stopped. Enough. I think he should have stopped in '89 because that was a great film. 
Keaton is a fantastic back. I like the 92, but I mean, I, I could just live with, with the Joker when I could. I could. All right. All right. The Max it Stretch. It's almost too, too campy, you know, it's in a way. Does that make sense? Here's, here's the deal. Here's why it gets three. Michelle Pfeiffer gets it. Sorry. Gets number three. You're out. I liked her, but I still – I don't know. Okay, but she was great. Her, the, the new lady, I'm sorry. She was a baddie. Pretty hot. She's pretty hot. She's pretty hot. But but she gets killed on her wokeness, so Michelle Pfeiffer for me. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'll forgive you that. I <laughs> Here's what I'll say. Like, I think, I think opinions could change. It just depends how the series continues. I might come yeah. back and they do something stupid in two, and I'm like, it's a five now. Or you know what right. I mean? Or like what he said. You get the uh, Gordon said you get this character development. And now he's a hard ass, and he knows how to be at the philanthropist. It's a hard word. Yeah. You know the word I'm trying to say. We're in anyway, an unfinished story. Yeah, let's see what happens. But right, right now, I'm going to stick with what I said. I think it was flawless up till a certain point, and then mm-hmm. I won't rag it. But I just felt like, you know, these persona and characters you created kind of just shit the bed. Right. I agree with that. Yeah. Well, all right, fellas. I guess we'll move on in that case. I wanted to do a one true three tonight. It's an exercise, I guess, to maybe help the audience learn a little bit more about me and about us. If y'all ever want to do your own one true three, I tell three stories, Shane, but only one is true. And it's up to you three guys to figure out which one it is about myself. And I think you get to ask one question per story. Each of you get to ask one question. Yep. Are you ready for that? That that nonsense? Do it. See what happens. I mean, I don't really know anyone here well enough, so I could be I could say anything. I could say anything. That's why technically I, I kinda almost know Gordon better than you, if I'm being maybe, honest. Maybe a little bit, I yeah. Several days with him on a bus. Yeah. I Seth. would like to maybe do one where Seth isn't present. Because I've told Seth stories. Uh, yeah, Seth has a I really got to dig deep. Fish apart. He just broke up with you, dog. It's me. That is now. true. Yeah. 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 So I, I'm, I might bring in a special one, two, three, just for you two, and Ooh, it might play a little different. Yeah. But uh, the story one. This is this is all stories about me being super incompetent. Because I got a lot of those. <laughs> okay. Where I just do very silly things. That's the theme of this week: is uh, incompetence. The first story is I was in Kroger a couple years ago and there's an elderly lady that comes up to me and I recognize her and, uh, you know, we're talking a little bit, you know, and she, uh, she asked me if I know who she is and I'm looking at her. I know who this person is. I don't have a real close relationship with my grandparents. I had, I never really saw on my father's side. I, I really never saw him very much. Maybe, uh, you know, just at Christmas and not in many years. And I almost said it because I could I could have swore I knew that this woman was my grandmother. And I was going to say it. I was going <laughs> to say, you're my grandmother. And I didn't say it. You know, we the conversation went on and it turned out she was my counselor in elementary school. It was not my grandmother. And I'm very glad I didn't say anything because it would have been very weird and awkward if I had said that to this woman and it would have blew her mind. 
That's time. story one. Do y'all have any questions about it? Gordon. I have one question. All right, go How ahead, often Shane. often do you see your grandmother annually? Like I said, it's been very – she she passed away last year. So before that, maybe maybe five total times in my life I saw her. So. Did you say that already in the story? I know if he didn't say that specifically, but yeah. Okay. Do y'all does anybody else gang us? Yeah, Tom. Yeah, Seth. Wait, what side of the family was was this grandma? It was on my father's side. But I thought you visit family every year for holidays, and you always hate going. And that's on my mother's side. Huh. Don't try to chip me up, sir. That's two questions. You lose. All right, Gordon. I don't have any questions. All right. All right. We'll move on to story two. Um, y'all knew y'all know me. I had a, tr- I really didn't get my license till later. I was like 19 and I always had a fear of driving and just the anxiety of driving. And especially thinking about going to get like oil changes and stuff, but I had to, you know, buck up, go get my oil change. It was probably maybe the, I don't think it was the first time I did it. Maybe like the second or third time I went to Ken Towery and I went out there and they wanted me to, I I told the guy I had already paid and everything. And he wanted me to pull it in the garage over the thing. And I told him, I was like, I'm, I'm not very comfortable with that. And he, he kind of looked at me like I was a puss or something. And I ended up, like making up this phony bullshit about having like depth perception problems and I wouldn't be able to do it. So he said, that's all right. And he had one of his guys get in the car and drive up to the thing for me. So, and I felt really stupid about it. You know, I was younger and I felt really embarrassed and emasculated, emasculated, you know, just like, I can't, I can't do nothing right type deal. And to, to sell it more, which just was silly is, like there's like a little vending machine in the office and I went up to it to try to like sell the depth perception problems by like fucking around and like not being able to like reach the numbers exactly and looking like a, a fiend just to help sell it and sat down and uh, they got my car out to me and I went home in a lot of shame. But do I have any questions about that story? I'm just gonna say, I hope that one's true. It's like for me personally. I know it's uh <laughs> Gordon, come on. Bullshit. I don't I don't think I have any questions on that one yet. Actually, no, I do have a question. All right, go ahead. Is there so is there a little bit of truth to all these stories, or is just a couple of them just complete bullshit? Usually there is. Usually they're all true, and I just change very minor details. Uh, this one, I went a little bit further. Most most of the the false stories are completely BS. Okay, so this is one of the false stories. He basically just told us that. So next one. I got notes here, but I'm trying to remember what the last one was. <laughs> I got I got the I got a note. <laughs> the fuck was it this is the fake one <laughs> <laughs> oh my god 
It just is. It says 2000. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got it. It was. Y'all know me for years. I was a delivery man for Amazon. And I delivered all kinds of strange places. And there was a stretch of warehouses on Poplar Level Road. And one, like most of them are pretty standard front desk. You go in, you talk to the lady, it's whatever. This one I went in and there was like no front desk. It was the doors were real big and gaudy. And like the rest of it looked like a normal warehouse from the outside. But you go through the doors and then all of a sudden you go into the main room and it, it was huge. And there was lots of lights and there was really nothing in the room. There was no furniture. There was no like front desk. It was you enter the room to this warehouse for the delivery. And there was like a big globe. And well, it looked like a globe. It was just a big ball with like something around it. And there was a lot of like electrical like voices. And I went up and I had the package. And there was like different voices. Like over like the intercom, you know, like uh, it sounded like it was like, you know, pushing like a product or something like some kind of energy. And, uh, I didn't know exactly what to do and I just set the box down and ran for the, for the door, but like the door wouldn't open. And like a lot of these voices were getting louder and, and, and the room was spinning and there was a lot of colors and the door wasn't opening. And I just wanted to get out of there because I had a delivery and, uh, and then all of a sudden, like a guy just like pops out of like one of the side rooms and says, you just got to hit that button, dude. And I hit the button like next to the door and walked out and uh, ran for my life. And it was the, one of the weirdest deliveries I had. Yeah, full have any questions about it? It, it was, it was, pre- it was pretty terrifying. So does what's y'all's questions on that? Was I working at Amazon when that happened? No, no, this would have been like 2018. Okay. Yeah, I was delivering in the Explorer at the time, not the Mustang. I feel like it would have been a story I heard if I had been working. Yeah, that one. That one sounds like something you tell us. Mm-hmm. Seth, you got any questions? I don't know. <laughs> Where did Seth go? That's my question. I'm mingling. Huh? He's doing some wild stuff under the desk. Shane, does anything pop out for you at that? Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of spaced out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a spacey story, so that's understandable. Well, I say say it again. But my question is, will you tell the story again? No, absolutely not. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, do we have a consensus? One true three. I'm leaning more towards one is the true one, Seth. What do you think? Yeah, I, I feel like one's probably the most logical to be true. Because number two, like he he like told us Tom Tom it, was scared of uh, driving. He really was, but right. uh, I can't see him doing that. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I think number one. I I think the grandma one. story. That would be that. Plus, that's just like really like funny. It's just a silly little story. Yeah, I think it's it's bad enough that it's not hyper embarrassing enough for him 
And I wish you would <laughs> call this woman your grandmother. Right. I really, I'm, I'm hoping that one is true, kind of. So, I hope two is true. Just you know, just my. You want them all to be true, Seth. Damn. <laughs> Shane, are you leaning a particular way? Maybe go against the grain. Hmm. I'm just going to go with two because it's funny. Two is funny. Well, gentlemen, the correct answer of this one, true three. First off, I'll have you know, I love my grandma very much. And I, I went over her house many times, not just five. That story is completely false. That was by Walter Flanagan from the television. I Steve knew Bain. it had to be. There's no way he doesn't know who his grandma <laughs> is. There's no way. That is, that was a true story from him though. That was uh that's on the Tell Him Steve Dave podcast. Um and uh yeah. The second one was also from Walt Flanagan. He did not he he <laughs> fooled around at the vending machine. He couldn't get in. So the true story for me was I almost got locked in a warehouse and died of anxiety. So <laughs> I just survived. Yeah. We know a little bit more about me now. What's that? Shane, yeah. So I wish I had paid attention to the third one more. I'm just grimy and need a shower, so I was like, "Fuck." That's I hear you. But yeah, yeah. If y'all want to make some one true threes for yourself, let the audience know us a little better. I, uh, you know, encourage it. But uh, we got to add this week. I don't want any interruptions through the ad. Let me finish it, so we can just get through it. We're at the end of the night. It's a. Uh, uh, Let's see. Me Undies offers the most comfortable underwear with a hundred percent money back guarantee, made out of a material known as micro modal. Me Undies brings you the most incredible undergarment experience. Right now, you go to MeUndies.com/screenkingspod to get fifteen percent off your first order. Me Undies, it's what the Wang and the Clam want. <laughs> a tagline? Yes. <laughs> I actually have one as well. Have you guys ever been trying to make a website before and you haven't been able to? Try Squarespace, all right? Squarespace. Squarespace, $9.99 a month, all right? They build the website for you. You know me, guys. I don't know how to build websites. Right. Squarespace definitely does. They've made it so much easier for me. You can go on to ScreenKings.com podcast and they'll <laughs> make sure that you can see the website that Squarespace was able to create for us. Again, that's $9.99 a month. Visit Squarespace for free right now. Talk to one of their people. They'll be able to set you up. Right. I love it. I love it. I just reached out to no, Blue Chew. Try to get a sponsorship. Yeah, yeah. I'll throw that one in there too, Seth. No, I just did that. Shane, I just thought it would maybe blow your mind if you thought we had real ads on this podcast. We didn't. <laughs> <laughs> he looked dumbfounded over it. He's like, well, this might be an actual operation. Oh, no, shit. These guys are for real. Maybe <laughs> one of these days. Maybe one of these like, days. Am I eventually going to get money? Is that how this works? Yeah. <laughs> Things like, where the hell is my check? I didn't think we was getting paid for this. <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. No, maybe one of these days. Maybe one of these days. But uh, I'm holding out for that White Castle deal. I did want to ask you, uh, Smiling Friends. It's a new show. Uh, it's already aired. It's on HBO. Gordon, I had you watch some of the episodes. Um, you know, it's just a fun little show. It's on Adult Swim made show and uh you know eight eight episodes you know nothing big it's it's something good to turn your mind off and just watch throw in the background 
it's something you can watch over and over again. They're just fun. I like the animation. I like the characters. The jokes are funny. Uh, it'd be one to check out if you haven't seen it. Smiling Friends, check it out. Gordon, would you recommend it? Would. I know you watched it. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty funny. Um, it's a pretty dry fucking sense of humor, but uh, I love that kind of shit. Yeah. And, uh, it's pretty dark as well, but in a really funny way. So. Yeah, yeah. It's dark in a light way. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to describe it. It's 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 a fun show. Like I said, it's on HBO. You can find it. Uh, uh, Voodoo has them for sale. Uh, check it out. But uh, other than that, I wanted to go out on just some Elden Ring talk. I know we've all been insane. I mean, I I went into like a coma there for a few days. You know, I did nothing but play that freaking game. It was it got to a ridiculous point. Eighty hours in, I beat the game. Mm-hmm. roughly gordon you was about the same yeah i think we both clocked in around 76 77 hours mm-hmm. and then went beyond went to a further state and platinumed it for you ps you know fiends and you know for xbox 100 or a thousand gamer score right it got accomplished and you know on the last podcast when we were talking i wasn't sold you know I was like, I was getting, Margaret was whooping my ass. And I said, I just, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this again to delve into one of these games, figure them out, put all the time in, run into every boss that's going to give me so much shit. I don't want to do it. But then, you know, something clicked. I don't know what it was, but I just started to mow through them and it just became super addictive. And I think that's, what this game is, you know, like I said, if you can get through those first couple bosses, you're all in. And it made for a, a, a gaming experience I haven't had in a long time. I haven't got connected to a game like this in forever, it seems. The world is just so interesting in it. Like, there's always something yeah. to find and see. There's all these little secret areas. You're trying to constantly find these ways to get to places that you can see that you can't reach. Um, Immersion. Yeah, there's a lot to it. Like I was telling you, you got like fucking... I've gone back and I'm playing Horizon Forbidden West now, and it just—it's not. It don't hook you, doesn't me, man? Because Elden Ring has ruined it for me. It is. Yeah, I mean, I felt that way kind of about the first Horizon too. It's just not—it doesn't have that engagement that these kind of games have. Both Horizon were overshadowed by like larger games coming out at the time, so they weren't like appreciated until later on after their release. Yeah, and it'll probably be the same for this one. Yeah, because Elden Ring is out there kicking ass. Every meme, you know, every news feed, uh, it, it's taking over the world. So on your on your third play, because I, I ended up platinuming it as well, just shortly after you did, and I got through three playthroughs of it. And I think you did the same, right? Hmm. Well, what yeah. would you say the how many hours do you think it took you on the third playthrough to beat the game? I saw it. It was like three days, and like. 22 hours before i was done with everything i think that was the uh the mark so whatever do the math on that like and, yeah about four days, hours so. yeah i'd say that's yeah, about I'd what it took me to do everything for the for the third playthrough it was i'm pretty sure only it was like super short but i think it was like sub maybe eight hours yeah what way sub six i ran yeah. through it you know, yeah, you go to yeah. all the bosses you need to cut everything else out, speed run it. Mm-hmm. I, I probably did it in like that third playthrough, probably yeah, 
maybe you, not even only you, five hours. You can skip almost all the bosses in that game if yeah. you want. You can run through it, man. Yeah, there's only a handful you have to beat to get to the next area. So yeah, it's almost like a Zelda game or something. You know, the Breath of the Wild, where you can just run straight to the end if you need to. It's kind of what it Another feels dog, like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I know someone. It's already been sub thirty, I believe. This game has been beaten in thirty minutes. I'm pretty sure that yeah. twenty-eight. Yeah, twenty-eight. Ridiculous. Minutes, I think is the record right now. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Insane. And a game that you can also spend eighty to a hundred on. You can also spend thirty minutes. Yep. Well, I think can... it's a a sign of quality. Yeah. Opinion. I mean, there's there's a lot of like little tricks that they're using now, like. For, I think if you quit out while you're touching uh, a side of grace before you actually sit at the side of grace or activate it, and then you re-enter the game, it doesn't understand where you were at that point, and it moves you ahead further. So, like, there's little tricks like that you can do. That's a that's a full-on glitch, though. I don't like that. Yeah. You need to play within the game. Yeah, that's, me, that's how count. these guys are getting yeah, to sub thirty. Yeah, that's just it's insane, insane. Like the binoculars trick in Dark Souls Two, where you like can start running, and if you roll and then pull your binoculars out at the same time, you can like run like in fast time, like quadruple the speed. Right. Yeah. I did want to know you two fools' opinions because I would classify Gordon and Shane as your Dark Souls player, hardcore. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even put myself in that category. You know, I really got into Bloodborne, but that was basically it. You know, I beat Dark Souls 3. I beat it once, and that's it. Other than that, I haven't beat 1, I haven't beat 2, I haven't beat Demon Souls, uh, Sekiro, none of it. But I would classify as y'all's hardcore Dark Souls players. Yeah. Where would you rank this one? So, if I'm, if I'm ranking them, Demon Souls is probably going to be at the bottom. That's a rough game. Um, it's a good game, but it's a rough one. I'd probably put Dark Souls 3 after that. And then I'd say Dark Souls 2, which I actually, a lot of people hated Dark Souls 2. I loved Dark Souls 2. Um, and then this is where it gets tough because I, I have a lot of nostalgia for Dark Souls 1. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah, but if you go back and play it now, it's kind of rough. Um, no, it's still amazing. It's it's still amazing, but it's I love it. It has some rough stuff in it, but it is one of the the best Dark Souls out there as far as just the world they built and the combat and the bosses in it. Um, fuck, I'd have to say Dark Souls One, Bloodborne, Elden Ring. So you put it at the top. The top. This is the best. This is the best they have to offer. Yeah. Shane, how you feel about that? It's the complete package. Considering I haven't beaten it yet, so I can't really tell you true. where it's at, but yeah, it's already in the top three. Like, I I have hundreds of hours of Dark Souls 3, and I guess I have to put it above 2 because I only beat it like twice, but I would like to go back into that. 2's biggest problem for me, why I can't stay like dedicated to it is simply they did tied iframes to a stat. That was the dumbest shit they ever could have done. But <laughs> I don't know where to put it at yet. It's in the top three. Yeah. I'm gonna go as far as to say Bloodborne's number one right now. Like I mastered that game. I guess I can't even say that because I didn't beat it at level four, but 
I did pretty much what I set out to do in that game. I mean, if you can't say it, then nobody can. Either one of us. If we haven't done everything there is to do on Bloodborne, then nobody can say it. Yep. It's ridiculous hours played, yep. different builds, all that nonsense. For me, I would say I, it's really, really close. But I may give Bloodborne still the edge on this one above Elden Ring just because it just seemed like every single boss, the, the 30 of which you face in Bloodborne are all different and all have their own unique style. And just the world they built and all the Gothic architecture there's just something does where Elden Ring was great and the world looks great. I wish there was more vistas like there is around what is it, Laerna Lakes. Lairna. I really love that area. Yeah. The rest, you know, are, are are pretty great, but you know, everywhere in Bloodborne was new and interesting and scary, and all the bosses seemed to, you know, be so different and so much more of a curve. And all these, a lot of them, they seem like either. I mean, there's a ton of reskins, a, a shit ton. And the bosses were great, but I, there's just something about their mechanics that didn't wow me like Bloodborne did. There's still a lot of great ones, but it I just feel like good. they just still had that edge. Tell you what, Tom, you convince me. I'll flip-flop them. Bloodborne's number one. I'll put Elden Ring at two. Yeah. And like I said, Elden Ring's close. New. It's, it's the new bitch in town, you know. Right. So It's just, yeah. there's just so much to it, you know, having an open world version of it, being able to, you know, go fight a boss, get fucked and then run away and go do something else for a while is a huge advantage it has over the other games. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I'm going to put it at number three because I, and that could change. Right. But I haven't, I PVP'd a lot in Dark Souls 1. I, uh, in Bloodborne as well. Thinking back on it, the fond memories of one, like, there's just things I did in that game I never accomplished in any of them. I honestly think, like, when you beat people at soul level one that are, like, 80, 100, 120, like, it's a thrill. It's an enjoyable. Yeah. I still think I have video clips on my Xbox. Like, I can pull this shit up. I guarantee I it. I conquered that game. Damn, it's tough to pick. Bloodborne <laughs> and Dark Souls are one and two. Elden think- Ring is third but that could change i haven't even pvp'd in it yet yeah you know i didn't like dark souls 3 pvp at all i did not care for it but maybe it's just simply i wasn't good at it i'm just i'm not saying it's a good game but i didn't clap ass like i did in bloodborne and dark souls one yeah i thought bloodborne's pvp was weak i hated it i loved it i I could parry parry heels i had i wish i had put them on youtube man I don't know why I didn't. I just had so many clips of just clapping cheeks. I had a good time. I slapped. I really love the parry mechanic in Bloodborne too. I really, I got really good with it. You know, at a certain point, I'll be parrying the orphan like it's like it's nothing. And I don't know what it is about Dark Souls. Yeah, I just can't get that shield thing down, man. I just it's a lot tougher. Not worried about. A lot more forgiving with the parry. I will say when when you were talking what. What switched it for me the most, other than the bosses, like you mentioned, is the weapons in Bloodborne are just fucking, they're all fucking cool. They're all badass. They all have their own unique style. And they had to do that because there's not a lot of them in there. So, yeah, they, you have to get what you, you know, you have to work with what you got. And they made all of them cool, made them trick weapons. Yeah. You, you can really master a weapon. Yeah. Versus, yeah. plus, you get to play with the Moonlight Greatsword. The mm-hmm. only rendition of it that was amazing 
the I yes. made a build specifically around that weapon, and it is Elden Ring's obvious. Moonlight Greatsword is fucking trash, bro. Yeah, I showed you like frosty intelligence to be able to even fucking wield it. That's fucking gay. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty gay. Yeah, I I, I tried to use it, it a little it's bit, but be the amygdalin arm, <laughs> one of the best weapons ever made. The hunter's axe. Ah, man, those are two. That was one of the few games. That was probably the only Souls game where I really stuck to strength. I enjoyed strength weapons much yeah. more so than uh, Dex. Yeah. Usually, otherwise, in Souls games, I'm a I'm a Dex fag. But I was hold R two on the the Hunter's Axe and do that little spinny move and just fucking ridiculous knock everybody out of your area and your range. Oh my god, so fucking. At, and I liked it was all about fashion. Beat the game with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought the you know the the mechanics where you know armor is weight and you armor can protect you more and this stat and this stat. I didn't like it either. I like Bloodborne where it's like fashion I want to wear what looks coolest. Yeah, fashion. And not worry about it. I like that too. Yeah, I did like that. But I will say now Bloodborne didn't do this, but the other Souls games did, and I like that they took it out in Elden Ring is weapon durability. Yeah. It got rid of that. Yeah, it was a stupid thing. It made sense in the other games to a certain extent. It was still fucking dumb, but you can't have that in this game. And they also got rid of um, when you're just running around the world, there's no stamina loss until you get into an actual combat situation. Right. Right. Yeah. You can just keep running. So, yeah, there was a lot of mechanics like that. I like that. Just, Just really makes this one just so much more palatable to your everyday gamer. Right. A lot of these people breaking their controller and shit. I was like, "What? Play? Go, go play one of these other games." We'll I never felt like that with this game. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, go play fucking Sekiro for like eight hours, and then tell me that Elden Ring is hard. Yeah, yeah. The hard, the hardest boss on this game, the, like like Melania, I died to her a hundred thousand times less than the cleric beast. We'll say so. It's <laughs> it's not even. I'm glad you're getting to hear a lot of this stuff. You hear the difference in quality between these two games. You got to go back and pick up Bloodborne. Hundred percent. Bloodborne's play. DLC was by far it. It was better than a DLC. It was an expansion. Yeah. You, you, if you Legend. beat that game without the DLC, you you just you didn't play really the played. real experience. And the yeah. game without the DLC is a masterpiece. Yeah. It's that ridiculous. Their I mean, just the fight so over the top. The DLC on its the, own is a fucking masterpiece. Does any fight in, in, in all of Elden Ring? I killed everybody with pretty much every weapon in that game, and it's always fun. Yeah. Now, yeah, yeah. you will, if you go back and you play Bloodborne, which I highly recommend you do as well, um, you're going to start the DLC and you're going to get those cheeks clapped for a little while. There you go. <laughs> in there. I had to replay the whole game. Dude. I thought I had messed up so bad because I had first... beat the game like six times yeah. and then started the DLC for the first time. Two, yeah, you're too Everything deep was in. killing me in one hit. I was like, yeah, I've messed up. That I have first, to the first enemy you fight with the sword that like extends out, like yeah, that's him. a fucking skill check in itself, man. And if you do get past him, then the guy with the hammer is gonna rape you. Mm-hmm. That's all there is to it. You guys aren't instilling confidence here. <laughs> you know, now that I, I can, like, I can, I stand by what I said. I can hop on that game right now and I could beat Ludwig, but that did happen. You know, I had like one character for <laughs> specifically. I was like on new game something stupid. Yeah. And I got to Ludwig. I didn't think 
the actual like getting to him was too bad. Like it was hard. I was like, man, these guys hit really hard. But like, I got this. Yeah, Ludwig beat me a lot. I was like, I just went and made a new character. I was like, I'm gonna play him on the first playthrough. Then, right. Like, if you fight him the first time, and you're on like New Game Six or some shit. Like, yeah, it's, it was awful. That's was how awful. I felt when I got to Cause Orphan of Cause. Like I was at like New Game somewhere in that area, and he was fucking smacking me around a bunch. Gonna rape you? Yeah. yeah. Nothing you can do about it. One hit. Everything is a one. The hit best game. boss they ever made. Easily. I still haven't yeah. beaten Elden Ring. Just Ludwig is special. You made an entire game around this character and he wasn't even in it. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And you brought him in and he was everything that game hyped him up to be. Ludwig yeah. or Ludwig. He's the best boss yeah. they ever made. I'm sorry. More, more character. To- the screams, oh, the way he moves. Yeah. When he like regains sand. Ah, he's just perfect. He's like he's perfect. You just always he's perfect. heard about this guy in that game, and then this DLC drops, and you realize through how difficult he was, like what this dude was about. Yeah, like, yeah I like perfect. Ludwig is awesome. He is probably the best, my favorite Souls boss ever. And then in, in the same dude. DLC, the same DLC, you also have the without a doubt greatest NPC boss to ever fight Maria. I mean the the whole the arena, the mechanics, the flow of the battle, the back and forth, everything just flows so well, and it's just so, you know, it's like a rhyme, it's like a poem, it just flows together so great, you know, it it's perfect. Again, another perfect boss battle yep. and a perfect DLC. Mm-hmm. What and, I will uh, say about her too, it, I was disappointed in this, not the boss fight itself, but it's a shame that you know. What was her weapon called again? Does anybody remember? The, uh, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. But anyways, when you get it, it's really good. But in a way, that's almost kind of what, like, I really, so, you know, you got your beast form, right? And you got, you could transform with the beast claws and it made it a whole masterful move set, even better than what it was, which it wasn't super great. Orphan of Cause didn't work unless you turned into the alien. I mean, we legitimately had <laughs> vampires in that game, and I felt like I wanted to do that blood shit that Maria was doing with that sword. I feel yeah. like that sword deserved that, but it's still one of the strongest weapons in the game. If you gave it that, you know, I don't know, yeah. man. It probably would have broke the game, but I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. Ludwig's Holy Blade, not the Moonlight Sword, but the Holy Blade in itself was broke. I don't understand how that thing never got nerfed. Like that's a one-shot weapon. If you're playing PvPing around like 120, 150, the big sword can kill you in one hit. The little sword, just the poke, not even charged, yeah, it's easy 70% of your health. Like you you can die in one hit from that weapon easily. I would like to see the stats of how many enemies I've killed with that weapon. It's gotta be maybe close to a hundred thousand. It's a ridiculous amount. That's all I use. But once like all those weapons Bloodborne. in that game are meant to be strong. Like that's just what Bloodborne was. But Ludwig's Holy Blade was on its own level, and you could buff that bitch. Like I'd rarely even buffed it, and I killed everything. And you could, buff yeah. That. that weapon was stupid broke. Once I love it. I got a hold of that Moonlight Greatsword, though. That's all I touched. The whole. It looks so cool. Yeah. And it's in its regular form when you just throw it over your shoulder. You felt like a badass walking down the streets of Yarnum. Yep. Its moveset was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it, it lot did of... like you had to put in a lot of work. You had to, to get like 
did you all actually farm like really good nourishing gems? Yeah. I did that and his damage was solid, but you know, I, I expected it to be on like that level of like the holy blade, but it wasn't quite. But if you could do like them charge, if you could do charge attacks with that, if you could hit the light wave with the weapon, it does stupid broke damage. Yep. It was they they balanced it right. Like I I wanted it to be stronger, but like no, I was, charge attacks are ruthless. They're I ridiculous. was very happy with that. Yeah, if you got really good at it and you hit hit at the same time that you're hitting the the light wave that pops off of it, yeah, you're right. Stupid damage. Stupid damage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is funny though that we get into our uh, big Elden Ring talk and it's ninety percent Bloodborne. <laughs> but that's just how it works in these games. That just tells you how perfect that game really is. And like I said, Elden Ring, again, I was in it a hundred percent for days. It is very engaging. I couldn't recommend it enough. The ten out of tens, I'll say they're warranted in a lot of ways. Bloodborne's just on another level. That's just bottom line. And that's the thing that blows my mind. <laughs> yeah, like ten out of tens doesn't mean that a game is perfect. That's not what ten out of tens means. So that's what blows everybody's mind when they see these ten out of tens. It's just, yeah. it's just that good of a game. Yeah, it's perfect. It's, it's perfect in its own way. It's perfect in itself. Right. Right. That's why it's a ten out of ten. One hundred percent. I agree with all those ratings. I would put it up there in that area too. I had that much fun with it. I beat it three fucking times. I was in a coma like you, Tom. I did nothing else with my life but play that game. Yeah, was, we, we were on a mission I, to get to, it. to get home from work so I could play that game. I was making up <laughs> yeah. excuses to get out of work to play that game. Like, I haven't done that. I was taking a go home. Yeah. <laughs> Without a doubt. Of course yeah. you was doing every day you was leaving. Yeah. You knew it. I, I, I was on a mission. I had to 100% it. And again, I when, I guess when that I'm popped... Sure. 0.2%, 0.2% of other players had popped that. So I felt pretty proud, especially since all you Dark Souls fiends have always looked down on every other gamer. And I was like, look, I came to y'all's table and I did what I needed to do. And I showed I could do it. Bottom I mean, line. But Seth, <laughs> proud of you too, buddy. Thanks, man. Mm -hmm. Never thought you could do yeah, it. Yeah, and Seth's playing it. Yeah. I really I mean, tried. We, I'm, I still, think, I'm still having fun with it. I'm on Journey 2, and I'm still enjoying it. So, I, yeah. You and I, I think we estimated that he was going to get maybe, what was it, 30 minutes Margaret. to an hour in or something yeah. like that? Once he hit Margaret, he was done. That's what we all said. Right. So right. you ended up going through and beating the entire game. I figured if you didn't fail at Margaret, you fell somewhere down the line. You didn't, Seth. You beat it. When when he said that he beat uh, <laughs> Margaret, then I was like, hmm. there's a chance wow. I'm going to actually get through this. <laughs> How but hard was Margaret to you? Huh? Seth. How hard was Margaret to you, Seth? <sighs> I was still so it was 80 hours ago. It's hard to remember. Uh, I don't think it was that bad. Tom, which one did you help me with? Uh, Godric? Yeah, Godric the Grafted. Went in there and I, it, it kept taking us out. I, something happened. I don't. I wasn't there when you beat him, was I? Or was I? <sighs> no, no, no. Yeah, died. I did the same thing. We, I think we ran out of uh, those things or whatever. The yeah, tarnished fingers. Yeah. Yeah. The interesting yeah. thing about Elden Ring is it's it's it can probably be the hardest Souls game you've ever played. But the way it's made, and I don't think this is a, like a flaw. I think it's genius. It can also be the easiest. 
Yeah, the like, exploits are insane. I didn't struggle much at all at this point. And that's not necessarily because I'm like super good either. Like I didn't go straight to Margaret. Like I did like all of Limgrave and I killed him the first time. And it's I could tell he was hard. Like I ran out of vials, you know what I'm saying? But like right. I was like level 30 with my weapon as strong as it could be, you know, like I know if I had went like right to him. Which is what I did. Up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He would have fucked me up. He got a bunch of my lives. Too many that I liked. I was like level. It was around 10 when I went to him. So See, I don't remember. After my, I have no idea. Might have been around six. I don't remember. I think after like my like eighth attempt on him, I looked over at Shelby. I was like, I'm not supposed to be here yet. Right. See, that's the beautiful thing about that game. Yeah. I think that's a lot of why I haven't struggled. I, I've gotten to a lot of places. And, you know, instead of enduring like I did in most of the games, you know, like this is what I have to do. You know, I, I guess it's like what you said, uh, Tom. It's like I didn't want to deal with the stress of it. So I was like, fuck yeah. it. I'm going to go to this other part of the planet and right. I'm going to go have fun until that sucks. And then once that sucks, maybe I'll go back here to where I was struggling and I just wasn't really having problems. I will specifically give it to the golden guy at the beginning. The tree sentinel. Yeah, I had to come back a lot. Like he's yeah. probably killed Double me time. the most out of anyone. Like I died a lot to that guy. Maybe same here. Maybe. Yeah, for sure. Um he's I will say one thing hard for like the first dude you ever see. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, I yeah. got this. No, he that was, I think that was done by design. Lesson. Yeah, for it sure. Feels like That's that was done by design. To yeah. weed out all the weak players right off the yeah. bat. Yeah, this is this is your uh, your weak ass player. Yeah, Just welcome to school. Right. Um, I probably died to him. It was a lot. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a lot. It's a large number. I don't know what it is, but it was a lot. I was banging like, my head on that. It fucking wasn't even like a like a like a two like hours a, like a, like a yeah. treat in a way, like going and dying. It's like how close can I get now? Like there was at one point I was like I can beat this guy. Like I had him at like. Th- three-fourths quarters health, but it was still hard. So instead, I was like, you know what? Maybe I got kind of lucky and I don't want to stress it. So I left again. I was like, I'm going to come back eventually. I'm going to fuck him up. (laughs) Let me tell you, let me tell you what I think the main thing that makes this game easier, Seth, and you'll need to listen to this. The main thing that makes this game easier than Bloodborne or a lot of those other Dark Souls for me is the run up to the bosses. Every one of your damn sights of grace is right outside the boss's door. You die. You, it takes you a second to run back to that door and fight him again on many of the bosses. Yeah, you don't have to make those epic boss runs yeah. to get back yeah. to the arena again. So but many bosses. And... Run back, like, yeah. depending where you're at, I mean, you could just get on your horse. There's not a big risk yeah. anymore when you lose no. your wounds. No. It's not right. a big risk. Yeah. In Bloodborne, there was a lot of risk that you wouldn't even make it to the boss, Seth. Good yeah. luck. You're not even going to make it there. Yeah. Much less beat him. Yeah. You're gonna uh, throw a bunch of your uh, health vials away before you even get there. Oh, so annoying! Oh, I, can't wait I did not to lose a lot. Lanterns. What's that? Yeah. I said I can't wait for Seth to meet Winter Lanterns. Oh, my. the hardest enemy uh, in that game without a boss. What about those whales too? Those giant whale shark things. Oh my god, oh, they were vicious. Those things are brutal, dude. It's I could be hard to get. Uh, Maria's weapon. Why can't yeah. I think of what that's called? The Rakuyo. Rakuyo, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you get yeah. that weapon, you did you did a good thing. You should be yeah. proud. You know, I, I could be on play playthrough number one and be insanely leveled 
beyond anything in the game, you know, hundreds of levels above. And those wells will still give me trouble down that fucking oh, well. They yeah, give me they more trouble hard. than the orphan. It's ridiculous, those wells. And that's actually one of the few weapons I never, or not weapons, one of the few care, like enemies. I don't think I ever got to parry down from them. And I could parry fucking everything in that game. Those things are hard. Insanely, insanely difficult creatures. Worse than anything in all of uh, Elden Ring. Seth, you got to play Bloodborne. We got to get you there. Uh, Listen, well, here's what I'll say is the difference. <laughs> the, 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 I like to call them street sharks. I don't know if y'all watched that as a kid. But oh, that's, that's a fun Remind me of they're street sharks. But those guys, it's a legitimate skill check, you know. Yeah, Winter lanterns are just cheap. Like, those things are scary. Right, right, right. The well sharks, you feel like you deserve to die. Yeah. You just weren't good enough. And that's at the end of the game. That's what I'm talking about, Seth. Even you get to the very end of the game and you face so many different enemies and you've learned so many different skill sets, Bloodborne still finds a way to make you feel like you don't know anything. You think you're so <laughs> awesome until you get yeah. hit in the fucking face with an anchor. Yeah, and that's they're, it. Yeah. I'd say they're about <laughs> the equivalent of the giant bears in Elden Ring. Yeah. No, I wouldn't say the equivalent, but they are up there. Oh, the crabs in Dark Souls 3 were tough, too, man. They, they gave me crabs a... took a back seat in this game. Hey, I'm not going to lie. They weren't too bad, but uh, them lobsters are kind of scary. Yeah, lobsters? Dude, snipers. I never stuck around to fight one because they yeah. were so fucking tough. They're annoying. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that, that sniper spit they got is ridiculous. Dude, like, but, I was like, I'll just run away, and I'm like having a panic attack. I'm like, they're going to kill me, and I'm like three yeah. miles away. What is going on? Is yeah, yeah, but the 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 crabs in Dark Souls three were a lot tougher than the crabs in this game. And again, the wells. I don't. Is there any other tougher regular enemies in any of these games? And those, it's tough to think, man. In the, in the street sharks. Yeah. Any tougher enemies in the Dark Souls world? <laughs> I'm trying to think on Dark Souls 3. There's a couple. Why can't I think of nothing? There's even a couple in, in, in Bloodborne, I'm sure. But... So forgettable. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah I can't think of any. Um, in Dark Souls 2, and this they're not comparable really, but Dark Souls 2, the big ogre-like creatures were... Kind of, kind of misleadingly tough like they they seem like they'd be easy and slow but they they kind of fuck you up if you weren't paying attention yeah yeah something that can blindside you and hit you a lot and does a lot of damage that's the combo there yeah. and you're out and you're not expecting yeah. it all of a sudden there that's the, yeah. yeah yeah there's really not much that compares to that really but yeah did we want to say anything else about other than Anything you've had on your mind about it? Again, about play, what? love it. I just need to take a break for a while, man. Yeah, I think I think we're about good, Gordon. Me and you, we've done, <laughs> we've went to the edge of the world. Yeah, I've seen it all. Yeah, I mean, there might be some DLC out there, but I'm running out of time now. But yeah, I need to, I need to invest in. It. They need to lay us off again. Yeah, <laughs> April, April, they probably will. You'll have time then. I think so. so. mm Hmm. Well, what it sounds here. like. Yep. Well, all right, screen fiends. In that case, uh, reach out to us at was it Gordon? Screen Kings Pod at gmail.com. Questions, comments, concerns. 
Who's some of the hardest bosses you face, people? Did you like the Batman? Did it meet your expectations? It didn't quite for me. Maybe it did for you. And uh, with that, Gordon, take us out on a song I love. Uh, Owner of a Lonely Heart. And just drop it. Drop it as hard as you can. Right here. Yeah. And with that, folks, we'll see you next time. We love you. It's the trail with the Spring Take us out, Gordon. No, no, no.